0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Talk Sheen. Recorded live.
3: Welcome to Inside SFL, Ladies and gentlemen, it's Doug Bose, Mighty Rx. Mr. Max Paul will be joining me here in just a second. Um... He will be with us for about an hour. I'm not sure if the show will run over an hour or not. If it does, I'm sure somebody will be willing to man the controls for Mr. Mighty RX. So uh, as soon as Mighty gets on, we'll get to getting lots to discuss. As always, the season is 13 days away. We can discuss built as usual. We can... predictions. Um, who's the favorites? In each conference, what could the possible championship game be looking like? I uh, hate to bring the topic up, but what coordinators could be on a hot seat? I um, mean, look around the league. Some teams have struggled. Some teams have not. We shall see.
4: See if I can get a hold of Mighty. <laughs> All right. Guess three...
3: Thank you for joining the chat. If you don't mind, let me know who you are give you a shout-out. Just for information, for purposes, if all goes well, there will be an Inside the SFL, hopefully, 24 to 48 hours before the season kicks off, kind of like a preseason preview, if you will, just so guys can call in and say what they got, uh, their thoughts, their opinions, uh, et cetera,
4: et cetera. So we'll see where we go from that. That's too funny. I posted a picture of Reggie Bush
3: and his negative three rushing yards on the season. That's pretty sad. That guy's had 25 total rushing yards the last two
4: years. It's part of the Kardashian curse. <laughs> oh my god. Still waiting. There we go. Our mighty has finally showed
3: up. Let's get him unmuted. Mighty, there you are, buddy.
1: What's going on, Doug? What it is, brother. I'm chilling, man. I just want to wish you a happy, you know, a happy new year. Hopefully you had a nice holiday season. The girls had a good time. It's, we're two weeks away from, we're le- less than two weeks. Officially today, away from game starting, I can't wait. Playbooks to do this Friday. Owners, coordinators, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, I can't. Ooh, I, I'm. I'm. The goosebumps are here, brother. I'm telling you. I'm. Can't playbook. wait to see what's good.
3: I've actually had my playbooks ready uh, since before human free agency started. Wow. And. I mean, they were ready. They were pretty much locked and loaded. It was just a matter of running some final sims, checking out team builds, running my stuff against other team builds, guessing abilities on those builds, just to make some final tweaks and or adjustments. So this way, I'm going to basically let my my secret out as to what I've been doing. And I'm pretty sure other team owners will be like, that's very smart. Instead of working on my team playbook, after the fact, I wanted to have my playbook ready before the fact. Then once you get your build, realize everybody else, you make your tweaks and your adjustments. So now what you're doing is you're really finalizing and perfecting the playbook the final couple weeks leading into the season. And I'm sure some teams are still building playbooks as we speak. So I was trying to get ahead of the curve there.
1: (laughs) I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I've known exactly what playbook I want to run, and now I'm just fine-tuning like, you know what I'm saying, to 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 make sure that let's say there are plays that are successful and then there are plays that are highly successful and then you get your plays that don't work and you get your plays that work once in a blue moon. Well, I'm getting rid of all the plays that aren't highly successful. So that way the only the highly successful plays are, are, are the ones being used in game. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm fine because the way I see it, if, if what you do, if you stick to what you do well, most of the time, you'll have a more desirable outcome than if you're just throwing stuff that works some of the time or throwing stuff, wow, 90-yard touchdown, and then the other, you know, 10 times it's run, it's a 15-yard loss. Yeah, I don't need that playing my playbook, <laughs> kind right. of thing. So. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah, this time it's time to fine-tune. And I don't know if this season I'm going to be more, con- you know, concerned and-, and just try to make sure that I do what I do well as opposed to, okay, let me see what the other teams I'm playing against are doing and then, you know, kind of adjusting to wanting to stop what they're doing as opposed to doing what I do well all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. So kind of like imposing my will. Right. Makes sense to me. (laughs) So, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. I see you with your Orlando West defense, like I was saying in uh, Market Trends.
3: Say that again.
1: I, I see you with your Orlando West defense. My <laughs> Orlando West defense. <laughs> yes.
3: Oh, man. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember. Uh, Smoke Detective Spurgeon mentioned, uh, it reminds me of Orlando. He couldn't have been any more correct. He couldn't have been any more accurate because that's what it was. I mean, if you go look at Orlando's team build last year, That's exactly what I got defensively, to a (laughs) T. So, it was kind of like a match made in heaven with me and Kyle Walsh because exactly what I wanted to do offensively, the exact build that I was hoping to maintain offensively did not affect what he wanted to do defensively at all. We didn't have to compromise. Okay, give me that gold and you take it silver or vice versa. We got exactly what we wanted precisely. So, it worked out perfect. So... I'm ready. I hope you're ready. I'm sure everybody uh, else is ready.
1: I'm I'm trying to get there, brother. I'm trying to get there. Just like I said, just fine tuning, um, <laughs> what, <laughs> just fine tuning what I want to do, you know. So I could, because I have a game plan. I, I have a game plan in mind for this uh, our first game against uh Me- Mexico City, and I just want to you know uh, catch up with the OC, see what he thinks of it, see what um. See if anything. If you want to, see, if you want to tweak anything, and then defensively, I know exactly what I want to do, and that's what I'm working on. I'm uh, Gonna finalize finalize that today, so we could just uh, spend the rest of the week just maybe you know fine tuning the offense a little more, maybe adding a formation or maybe removing a formation. So that's about it. But for the most part, I have a very, I have a very good idea of how I want to attack MC and how I want to defend MC. So that's where we at.
3: There you go. You guys have
1: a plan. So where do you where would you like to lean first, Mister Vols? So you want to you want to look at the week one schedule? You want uh you know you want you know I don't know. what you what you want to do? What you want to do? Talk to your boy.
3: You as uh I know as uh Cam and company begin to update the the website, which is looking better all the time. Yes, I agree there. Some teams have complete information provided. Some teams have a little, some have none. I'm sure they're gonna get there. Um, but as far as week one schedules, um, I don't even remember seeing a spot other than the YouTube episode where we announced the, the whole schedule. I don't know if there's a spot on the on the website right now that shows the full schedule or am I mistaken.
1: It is yeah no. It's only posted on the YouTube on the YouTube um video. And that's why I have it paused at week one. Hot meets cold. That that, that was the subtitle for it. So. Oh man. Yeah, I
3: had the whole schedule saved somewhere, and then I had to clean up my computer a little bit and all some stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Then, those were some of the files I lost. No big deal. Uh,
1: yeah. so. uh are you low enough to there? You want me to uh, break down the schedule for you, and you let me know how it, you know. What I'm saying? what do you think?
3: If you have it right in front of you, then we
1: can just go straight from the top. And start mentioning games. All right, week one, hot meets cold. You know that's what that's what that's what Cam called it. Um, the first matchup we have there is the bosses
4: LA Sharks
1: at the Las Vegas squad that's ran by Mister Nickens and I believe Mario Savage is both the OC and the DC on that squad. So, um, they bring a very different build to this ball game, and I don't know where, uh, where and how Mario is going to deploy the defense. But as I was saying, um, in market trends, our SFL fantasy football show that y'all need to check out once Andy cleans up the vid. Um, I like Fogg's matchup against Vegas because Vegas has that uh, non-star corner and. Uh, depending on how they use him, are they gonna isolate him and leave him uh to cover his side of the field and cover two, in, you know in a cover three, or are they gonna protect him with uh, you know, in a cover two man fashion where he has help over the top where he can be a little more aggressive underneath? I do not know. But either way, I know Mr. Bose and Mr. Bose knows offense. And I I know he's had he's pinpointed that matchup with a bullet that they got a red circle somewhere. Um, and that's where He'll probably try to take advantage between that and and Mr. Goodhart, you know, because Doug Bow sees the tight end whisperer. Um, yeah, I could see, I, I could see y'all walking out of there with the W. But again, that's not fully knowing what Vegas is going to do both offensively and defensively. That's just going off of reputation, should I say? And reputation, and then looking at team builds. But, you know, they might have something crazy in, in your know, plan that you didn't, you know, you might not have seen coming. And the next thing you know is, wow, wow, we didn't see this coming from Vegas. This is the original and kind of
3: thing. So I Ronnie Nickens knows what I'm, what I'm doing. He knows what Kyle Walsh is doing. So that gives him an advantage. <clears throat> Whereas with uh, Savage, I forget what he was. Was he the uh, defensive coordinator last year? So what does mm-hmm. he bring to the table offensively? I have no idea. So we basically got to guess what he may or may not do, and that's pretty much wasting our time guessing. So yeah. we got to perfect what we want to do
5: it's and hope great. that he
3: can't stop it. <clears throat> Whatever. So, I mean, that's basically where we're at. So we've been working hard, let's put it that way. I'm sure nobody doubts that. But, uh, so, I mean, Kyle's in my ear all the time. On, on certain aspects, and I'm in his ear all the time on other aspects. So we're gonna try our best that particular week. I like our chances. Don't get me wrong on that. I like our
1: chances big time. So yeah, Hopefully. as long as y'all, you long, long as you stay away from the casinos at the beginning and all the uh, <clears throat> quote unquote entertainment coming into the game, y'all should be all right.
3: <laughs> yeah, our boys know. You're not allowed to leave the hotel room. They also know it's, there's a knock at the door. If it's not the secret code, not not the answer because we know the Vegas team, they might be sending our boys some hookers or something, wear them out or
1: whatever. I, what, what do you mean, Mister Bowles? They're above that. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, the second match that we have on week one, we have uh, the Baltimore, the always reliable Baltimore Crabs. That's what we that we could start. We should start calling them that because they're always around. The always reliable Baltimore Crabs at. Expansion squad, Atlanta Swarm. That's I like. I, I, I like th- that, that game is going to be a good game. That might be one of those games that you know, after red zone's done, I, you fire fire up YouTube and just watch watch that game isolated by itself, just to see you know what the Swarm are doing, just to see how the Crabs are utilizing that that new four wide offense they got over there. Um, but we know the Crabs are you know just the, the they're the model of consistency. If 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 you know what I'm saying, if nothing else. So come into the game, you know, the the swarm have this that, that gold D T um uh Mr. Ludacris. Um they got, you know, and they got that goal they, they got the goal running back, they got the goal wide receiver where um I, that that's a very nice combination to have, you know, always the goal running back if they're light in the box and if they get heavy in the box, that goal receiver to hit them over the, the top, you know. Over the, on top of their heads with, so that, you know, and then that, that Skelter P-Funk, we don't know which one is going to show up. Is it is it the washed-up version that's still, you know, kind of on those, uh uh you know, using paraphernalia, so to speak, or is it the cleaned-up, older, wiser version? I don't know which one is going that's going to show up to this game, but we know the Crabs. They'll lean on their running back. Uh Actually, the new running back now, seeing that, you know, Mr. Snyder, has uh, officially retired. They have a new goal guy, Sanzo Robinson. They have a goal wide receiver of their own, and you know where they do best. They they run a running game until you get nosy, and then a fade comes out of nowhere, and goal receiver goes for eighty. So, if the Swarm are prepared to stop that, you know, and kind of live with the five yard gain, the six yard gain, and and are and don't mind giving that up so that way they could contain that quartet of receivers that the crabs now deploy, then this will be a ball game in the fourth. Um, but, again, because they're new and we don't know what direction they're headed. Um, but we, we kind of have an idea. Let me not say that. We kind of have an idea because Mark Chisholm was a DC in DC. <laughs> and and um, facing the Crabs last year both times, they were able to uh subdue that offense, so to speak, and held them to below their uh league uh to below their season average in points. So if they have the same idea and concept defensively that um Mr. Chisholm had when he was a DC in DC, then we're gonna have a ball game in the fourth where the team that wants to win. And instead of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, they'll snatch, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat, so to speak. But in that aspect, that means the quarterback will have to make the play in the fourth. And, and you know, I'm going to sound uh, a little hypocritical because my squad deploys a bronze quarterback as well. But in the fourth quarter, in the ball game, I'll take the higher tiered quarterback and that's why I like the Crabs. So, you know, pull it out. I may be uh, one score, whether it be three or seven, because they have the better of the, you know, the better, the better tiered quarterback in this instance. What say you, Mr. Boss?
3: Well, I'll put it this way: um, I've had some conversations with some people because, of course, as the season progresses, you get in conversations with guys who's the favorites, who's the teams to beat. Um, at this common consensus with people that I've spoken to so far, I believe Baltimore's the team that will represent the East in the championship. They just feel they're a the team to beat on that side of the ball. Uh, and when you break down each individual team, I'll go to the teams that have gotten some love and discussion. Uh, Sioux Falls has gotten some love because of what Jason has accomplished, but they're afraid of the non-star running back. They're afraid of the lack of offensive weapons. So they're not 100% behind that team, but they believe he has an opportunity. Tallahassee has gotten some love despite their struggles last season. Now, we know a lot of their struggles was, the one wide receiver, killed him with the two tight ends. That's been corrected. Add in T-Pet, who's come in as the offensive coordinator to help them out. Instantly, people have gone gaga for Tallahassee because of T-Pet. Will he make the difference? Um, T-Pet, as far as I know, has never used a gold tight end in his life. Does he know how to use the tight end that well that he can capitalize on him being a gold? Because I, for one, know a gold tight end can kill teams. So, and I pretty, I think I did a pretty good job at it. You know, let me whisper that to you. But uh, that makes them a hot commodity. But mm-hmm. the one other team, the one other team that's gotten the most talk, you would think would be Queen City. I barely hear them mentioned from anybody. The team is this Atlanta team. I've had many of folks tell me they have their eyes on Atlanta because they believe in what Mark does defensively. Now the question mark, of course is what are they going to do offensively because their coordinator is a question mark. He's, he's a mystery. What's he going to bring to the table? For those of you who have missed it, the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Swarm is Taco, my baby brother. Robert Taco. Barton, he is in charge. <laughs> but I will put this on the air in case anybody's really known. Uh, he, he being Taco, myself, uh, Stevie T. Diggs, and a few other friends, we actually – do an at-home, if you will, SFL. We use the entire SFL rules. We do our own little league here at home for fun, shits and giggles or whatever. Taco's offense is number one in our league. You know, he. You, know, you run your own team. We don't have coordinators here. You own it. You do it. We use the editor, build our team, set in the abilities. Every rule that the SFL uses, we use. And his offense has got like 500 – Two yards a game, something like that, I believe it is, and the build in Atlanta is not quite the type of build he uses, so I know that's going to play a part, but I firmly believe his offense will be okay um and I trust in Chisholm, so Atlanta definitely can be a threat uh You go look at what Chisholm's done against Baltimore in the past. he played well against him both times last year um. So they could be in this game. They just got to produce some offense to stop Baltimore. And you know this to be the fact, where was Baltimore strong last season? Defense. Who was in charge of that defense? I I believe that was you, right? Right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. And you're gone. You are no longer there. So whoever came in has big shoes to fill. So that particular team has no choice but to – Figure out the defense, and I believe as well. I believe TJ might be calling the defense himself because I believe Mike Osi is the assistant offensive coordinator. So yeah, they got,
1: got they, they, they got. Baltimore has two OCs. They they, they got two assistant uh, offensive coordinators. I guess that's why TJ did it that way, so he, he could concentrate more on defense. Right.
3: So TJ's got to fill your sho- shoes, and I know TJ will be one of the first people to step up and be like, "Yep, I got my hands full with that one." Um, but I'm sure he's up to the task. Um, I believe he could do it because he's a very smart guy. Um, I've actually learned a few things from him myself. So this is going to be a fun game. To me, when I was asked what should be the game, of the game. Game, yep. this was the one of the game I picked. I, I really did, but the thing was I backed off of it because of it being an expansion team. So I kind of backed off of it because, like I said, when you look at all the games and how they're all broke down and who did what last year, you know, the, the the options for week one to be a serious, okay, this could be a very good game. I couldn't pick one because, I, like I said, you eliminate the three expansion teams because we don't know what they're bringing to the table. I believe the other ones were LA, Vegas. I wasn't picking that. It was my own game. So, it gave me Carolina, Sioux Falls, OKC, Dallas. You know, I got the Battle of the Birds. I got the Red River Rivalry. But based on what teams did last year, it was hard for me to pick. So... It should be a good game, regardless of getting back to Baltimore and Atlanta in this game. But to get to the point I was going for with that, some people believe Baltimore-Atlanta could be the Eastern Conference championship game with people I've spoken to. Nice. So, I found that interesting. But Baltimore, like I said, Baltimore's the consensus. I keep hearing baltimore Sioux Falls, or I Baltimore-Tallahassee. I've gotten a Baltimore-Queen City. But Baltimore-Atlanta... I keep getting that more and more and I find that to be interesting. So people must like what they're hearing over there. So it's good stuff.
1: <clears throat> the next game on the schedule is is the Mexico City Aztecs at the Alaska Storm. Um we're still I'm still keeping an eye on the radar to see what the weather's gonna be like for that game. Um I'm hoping it's a snow game. It'd be nice to have a snow game. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very nice, to have, especially especially against this team. Oh yes, definitely. Bring on the snow, to flurry, the inclement weather. Now, um, now it says Alaska Storm. You said you hope it's a,
3: a, a snow game, just out yep. of curiosity. The Alaska storm represents what actual city?
6: Anchorage. That's what I figured.
3: So I can I can give you that information here. Just a, just a second. But going, with your thought? <coughs>
1: Um, yeah, I've been, you know, running multiple simulations against this Mexico City team that, you know, likes to put the ball in the air, at least, well, last year they did. I don't know if this year um, they'll have the same mindset or they'll be trying to be a little more balanced. Um, um, They don't have the grade of weaponry they had last year on offense, but they do have a better tiered quarterback, which, you know, uh, might make up for um the weapon is not being um, as as great a beef as they were last season, um, but you know, in 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 the sims, um, the outcomes have been very interesting. And um, yeah, I just put it that way. Just it's 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 a good game. It's going to be a good game. Just on my word, anybody that wants to, the game will be a good game. It'll come down to the wire, and and I will say this as well. For the people that don't believe in kickers, if this is a snow game, you'll see why <laughs> kickers are important. <laughs> That's all I got to say. If this is a snow game, kickers will be important. Well, based off of weather.com,
3: I decided to go to weather.com, went to Anchorage, Alaska from February um, yeah February, January the 13th, which is Friday, until mm-hmm. Monday, January the 16th. They are under snow shower reports. There you go. And it's clear until that weekend. They are partly cloudy or sunny all the way up until that particular game day weekend, and then the snow showers hit
1: for those four days. Ooh, I might apply a special jersey for that game, if that's the okay. <laughs> case. So it looks saying. like you
3: might be getting your wish.
1: So if it's, a, it's if it's a snow game, it's going to be majestic out there. It's going to be so beautiful. Oh, oh, just I'm excited. But yeah,
3: I want to throw these out real quick so I don't forget. Got AJ Pick Six, I'm Neffin Problem, Jason, Mac Wavy Jr., and the boss himself, as well as Andy Hamilton, all in the chat. Uh, I know Andy's on mute on the call. We'll get him in here in just a second. But uh, yeah, Snow Game with your non star kicker. Now, I took what you said to me. I'm going to bring this up because I know you had said to me a non star kicker versus a Star kicker at bronze level, even with zero abilities, can be the difference. I wanted to yep. test this. I wanted to test it. So I brought the game on. I loaded up the both controllers. Allowed myself to get to everywhere to where I need to be. I was kicking field goals from twenty yards out. Then I went and set it up to kick from twenty five and then thirty. I will say this a star kicker at bronze with no abilities versus a non star kicker basically have little to no difference. From 25-30 yards area, but once I started getting back a little bit further, I've noticed that the, even with no abilities, the bronze kicker clearly had more deep ball and a little bit more accuracy than the non-star kicker after 30 yards. So, if you, like you said, it's a snow game and you can't move the ball, and you're 30-40 yards back. That bronze kicker with no abilities definitely will make a much bigger difference than that non-star kicker. I have to agree after doing doing,
1: doing the test and doing the work. And, and, and not just that, Doug, um, also in in the Sims with a generic kicker as opposed to a star kicker, um, with the non-star kicker, for, the computer will decide to punt from the 25 and sometimes the 30. They won't even try to kick. Because I guess they don't trust the leg, as opposed to the star kicker, even with no ability. Like if he's on the on the 33 yard line, you know, send out a field goal team. We got confidence, so that as well. So even if you're you're you know in a regular you know, in a, in in a regular, I said we'll call it indoor in an indoor game where the weather has no light factor, where normally the team would go ahead and kick it from a certain distance. Outdoors in the weather, they'll, they'll, they'll shoot that spot completely and send out the punting team. So just saying. there There is method to the madness, as I was, as I was saying earlier in, uh, in our previous lunchtime special. So anyways, hey, so, so what you like about the
4: matchup? Ah, uh, well,
3: looking at it. To break it down, I know Mexico City's offense will not be as strong as it once was. I'm saying that now. I'm calling that right now. People can jump on me for that statement if they wish. But when you take two gold wide receivers and you have to turn one down to a silver, that hurts. Now, Matt Wilson being a gold with an extra ability as last year, maybe that'll make up for that. Maybe that will make up for that difference. But one thing I believe 100% is, is with him being a goal four ability-wide receiver, I believe the bronze, uh, I can't say Richard Montague, Montague, I really don't know how to say his name, Montague, Montague huh? Yeah, I
1: think Montague. Whoever.
3: You. I can't say the poor guy's name. I think he benefits from it, despite only having two abilities. I think Isaac Perez only having two abilities. Those are guys who will benefit from Matt Wilson being – boost it up. So, you know, we all know Ray Bentley's going to do his thing as a four-ability running back. He does just enough. That's why I'm surprised Sioux Falls didn't go with the, the four-ability bronze running back. But they wanted to invest their money in the defense. So uh, they also have the bronze kicker, like you stated. So this is where kickers versus kicker comes in. You, I believe you guys have the only two kickers in the league.
5: Yes. That is correct.
3: Um, he's got a one ability on that kicker. My guess is it's probably the strength or the accuracy. Uh so that makes his kicker probably just a little bit better than Kodiak. Uh the one thing that hurts that, that scares me for, for your Alaska Storm is your quarterback. Murdoch Mock only having the two abilities as a bronze and your number two receiver only having one ability. As a bronze, that that scares me a little bit. But when you have a four ability running back and a four ability tight end, you also have Slinky Watts playing at tight end. I'm thinking with that weather, you guys are going to be pounding the ball, pounding the ball, and those guys aren't going to be required to have the extra work and the extra abilities. You just got to hope that the teams you're playing against can't stop you defensively. So, uh, and I and I believe that's where Mexico City suffers. Their defense is not as good as their offense. They're on two different levels. So if you can get Beakley Jr. going, Mexico City could be in trouble. But like I said, on the flip side of that, you got to hope that your defensive bill of that gold strong safety, the two silver corners, can shut down that that wide receiving core that they got in Matt Wilson. So, you know, that's where D.J. Drew, he's, he's the X factor. He's a bronze two-ability player can he make the difference? He He's going to have to step up in this game. I mean, you, to me, you can flip a coin because Optimus Klein, I think, is going to eat these guys up. You know, I just, the question I ask is, can you guys slow them down? If anyone can do it, I believe you can because they're based on what you did in Baltimore. But this could be a very fun game and an enjoyable one to watch.
1: It, this game is like one of those styles, makes fights kind of game. Like you have this one power, you know, a, a power running team. A team that leans heavily on the big guys. A team that says, you know, we're not trying to run around you. We're trying to run through you. I guess a team that says, you know what, <laughs> we ain't running anything. We're throwing the ball over your head. <laughs> Stop us. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun matchup to watch. That's all. Like I said, in all the simulations that ran, all the games were close. Came down to the fourth quarter. Someone making a mistake. Someone making a big play. And so, hey, that's all I'm hoping for.
4: There you go. Yeah, I like it. The next
1: matchup on the schedule is your Tallahassee pride visiting the new St. Louis gladiators.
4: Mm. The gladiators are deploying a very, you know, a very special,
1: specific, dare I say, audacious team mm-hmm. build. I'm, and, and I'm just talking about the defense. I'm not even, you know, touching the offense yet. Just defensively, I I have a very good idea of what kind of D they're running. The only issue I see with the Bills only, at least defensively, is that if they get into a game where it's a shootout because the other team is, you know, they, they get a lucky play here, a lucky pass play there. They're down 14 or the team is spreading them out they run into a squad like a Dallas squad or a Baltimore squad, they got four wide out. How are they going to adjust with the lack of defensive backs they have there? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they only have one upper tiered defensive back, and that's in Colin Douglas and Silver. Those are the two guys. They have a bronze free safety and a bronze corner. They have a non-star strong safety. They have no extra star DBs. So if a team goes out there and You know, spreads them out to kind of take advantage of the, we'll call them weaknesses or the lower tiered players. How do they go about signing those kind of attacks? That's where where it's going to get interesting for St. Louis, at least uh, defensively. You know, offensively, they got, you know, they got uh, a regular spread offense with a a goal quarterback. They got three wide outs. They got a tight end. They got a goal running back, Park Heechel find him a new home, uh, you know, it's still explosive. Uh, let's find out if they, you know, in a, if they know how to get him out in space because that's where he's most effective. Um, but, yeah, defensively is where I believe, you know, uh, they might run, you know, depending what teams they run to um, and depending how uh, Pat decides to attack their defense. It's, going, it's another one of those, you know, styles make fights. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, Again, it's going to be one of those reputation against new, and I'll go with the, go with the rep. You know, we know what the pride are about, especially, um, you know, we true got another silver running back to do damage with. The last time you had a silver running back, you almost had him run for 2,000, which is unheard of, for a gold, let alone a silver. So I know the running game offensively, um, Tallahassee is going to be okay. If they see what I see, um, with St. Louis's defense, maybe they might try to spread them out as well to kind of take them away from what they're trying to do defensively. Because it looks like they're trying to run a single high safety kind of thing. If that's the case, uh, this game is going to be very high scoring. If if that's how Tyler has to choose to uh, attack them. So, but again, I will go with the known quantity as as opposed to the unknown, and that's where I like the pride to pull this one out. I'll touch on this, like you said, with Tallahassee. You said
3: they took the running back and moved them back to Silver. Let's remember, that was under Frank Gooden's control. T-PAT's involved, and therefore, J. Calvin Ken. I hope your hands are ready, son, because you're going to be catching an awful lot of passes and running right <laughs> Lewis. I know all too well I still got calluses from this. But that's what's going to happen. If this is a T-PAT style offense the way T-PAT normally brings it, J. Calvin Kim is going to be the beneficiary of 100 receptions by week six. And he'll have maybe 500 rushing yards by the end of the season. That's going to be their stop. But hey, it works. It's effective. It's hard to stop. So why change it? That's why I question, will he be able to bring the tight end involved? Um, so, I mean, you, you look at that, it, it makes it very interesting. And then touching on St. Louis, like you were saying, with the build, when I looked at that team build, the first thing, like you said, it was like, where's the strong safety? If I was going to have one safety, it would have been a strong safety, not the free safety. That's my personal preference. But mm-hmm. I would have either not carried Elijah Swain or one of the other bronze tight- uh, receivers. Gladwin Wolf or Uyah would not have made my roster. And look at that situation right there that would have presented itself. If they had dropped one of those three players, they would have had themselves a four ability strong safety at bronze. So that makes all the world a difference. So what they need, they need Latshaw, they need Wallace, and they need Lennox to get so much pressure on that quarterback that the bronze, yep. I'm sorry, yeah, the bronze free safety and the generic strong safety benefit. Because if the pressure is ridiculous, that's not going to be too bad of a situation back there. But if he's not going to get, they're not going to get that pressure and he has all day to stand in the pocket, it is going to be crazy. Now, in my talks with some people around the league who've been running Sims, this, that, and the other, they've stated that they've run Sims against a St. Louis Gladiator-type build, and they said that their quarterback who has pocket presence or quick release, it doesn't affect their quarterback one bit at all. So, you know, that could be them blowing smoke. It could be them telling the truth. Mm -hmm. I don't know but they clearly need to get defensive pressure. pressure. So, I mean, to me, this is going to be a blitz all damn day type of defense. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think they have to because with no strong safety back there, what do they got to lose but the blitz all damn day? You know, and then they're going to have to lean on Heath To me, they're going to have to lean on Heath He's the four-ability guy. You got to put it on him. You know, so I like it. I like their chances. I truly, honestly, like St. Louis' chances. If the defensive line works, they spend yeah. a, mon- a lot of money on it. That's got to work. If it fails, then poor guys are in for a long season. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to pick Tallahassee. Like you stated, I think they're the favorite in this one just because. And they put their money on defensive line too, but they're both at bronze level. And to touch on, like uh, Marie Spurgeon was saying about my build, if you look at the Tallahassee build, some of it is very, very resemble resembles very much a T Pat style of a team. Take a look at it. Two silver mm-hmm. wide receivers, two bronze defensive ends like he had last year of Minneapolis. You know, Frank's no stupid idiot. He's going to say, hey, T Pat, what works? Let's work on this together. Just teach me some things. You know, and I'm sure Frank's teaching him things in return, same thing like I did with Kyle. What should we do defensively? Dropped it on me? Let's do it. So... I, I like this I like this game. This could be a fun game. I, I really believe this could be a fun, fun game to watch. And like you said, high scoring,
4: I wouldn't be surprised. Next
1: game on the schedule is the
4: game of the week.
1: <laughs> or you want, hey, wait, speaking of, you want to do game of the week now or you want to leave game of the week for last and uh, handle this last matchup first? Don't make a difference with me, brother. All right, let's handle the last matchup and we'll do game of the week last. Uh The next matchup on the red zone is the OKC Renegades at the Dallas Roughnecks. Mm. Now the Roughnecks are, you know, they're still going to boast a four wide receiver attack, but they've made some adjustments to the to it. They brought the championship game MVP over to lead the squad. They bumped up a couple of uh, uh, wide receivers to higher tiers. They now boast a gold wide receiver as well as uh, they brought over Prince, Prince Esco from Baltimore, um, you know, at the silver level. They brought Davis Reed over at the silver level, and they have uh, Robert Dobbs um, as the fourth wide receiver who's a bronze. So now they have a 4 receiver attack that's also higher powered. Oh, oh it, it was a headache last year. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be ridiculous this year. They bumped down rookie of the year uh, Mike, Mike Davis. Let me let me let me fix that. User rookie of the year, Mike Davis, um, to silver, and you know, so their defense isn't as high powered as it was last year. You know, with the gold linebacker and whatnot, but I guess you know they're saying, hey, um, we're gonna score. Try to keep up. <laughs> that's that's the mindset in Dallas. So it's gonna be interesting to watch. They brought over defensive player of the year as well, T. Bell, at, at the at the goal level, so OKC, okay, you know they got a 2 end attack as well. If that second tight end is in there to kind of slow down Tika Bell, that might be you know a smart idea to do uh, to, to to do that. Because if not, a goal defensive end can easily take over a game, and any time you got a throw pass, uh, you wind up being on your back because he's just manhandling whoever is in front of him trying to block him. Um, again, OKC last year had a very strong defense. They basically bring back the same team build that they did last year, um, except that they had, uh, instead of having Slinky Watts at, uh, fullback like they did last year, this year they brought in a second tight end, um, by the name of Remy Piper. So, I don't know how they're going to use that two tight end attack. Um, you know, it, 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 being the owner of a squad that has a two tight end attack, I have an idea of I'm going to use my tight end, but I don't know if anybody's using them the way I'm going to use them. That's why I don't know how OGC is going to do that. Um, but it's the same exact build as they had last year. Um, maybe they, the defense was stout. Billy Joe Casper was a problem. If, it, if you got too loose for the football, Billy Joe used to take it away. So with Dallas, you know, bringing in that high-powered attack, Macquaye I I can't see him making a bunch of mistakes this game against an OKC, this O K C renegade squad. Um I like I like Dallas. I like the home team here. Going away. Well look at it this way.
3: These two defenses last season were two of the best in the league from start to finish. They were in in it. Dallas had a had a real good offense and OKC's offense for the most part struggled. Uh, based on builds, when I look at the builds, here's the thing I see that stands out to me with builds. OKC, based on the style of offense that he was clearly running last year and what he usually does, he's made a good change by bringing in the second tight end. He really has. Uh, He likes to get Brewski going. The second tight end is going to be highly important for what he likes. He likes to run a lot of those tight sets and all that bunch stuff. And that second tight end is going to really work. So OKC, to me, made a very, very good change with team build and team philosophy to try and make their offense better. Dallas clearly did the same thing with the way they spent their money on wide receivers and where they spent their money on wide receivers. But what they did do was they killed their defense. Yep. T. -T Capel and Troy LaShaw are the only guys in the defense when the gold to silver silver level. And they, they have a combined five abilities between them. That's five abilities spent between gold and silver, and then they got all those bronze defensive players, okay? My question is, having that much firepower, is it is it needed to make up for the fact the amount of points the defense could give up? But I look at, like I said, my time in the league, which has only been two seasons, Steven Mullinex has been one of, if not the best overall defensive coordinator that the league has seen during my two years. Because I believe his defenses have finished 1-2 and two or 1-1. One and one. I'd have to double-check it. But he was number one the other year. So if anyone can make this type of build work, he'd be the guy I'd pick based on what I've seen in the history. Uh, so I'm not going to doubt what he's doing. I'm sure he's put in the time and the due diligence and the homework to make sure this type of build is going to work. Uh but he's smart enough to know this is an offensive league. The idea is to put up points, and he sure as hell has put together a bill that's going to put up points. Uh, poor Mike Davis, though. You get rookie of the year, you beast mode, and then you get demoted for it. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, But, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, like, here's the only thing I'm going to say about Tika Bell, because a lot of people are high on Tika Bell, and I keep saying it. Watch the game film. Watch the game film. Frankie Capone gets doubled. T. Cabell gets free as a result. I think a second defensive end would make T. Cabell that much better this season, and he's been that much better of a a player. Maybe I'm crazy, but I swear that's what I was seeing when I was watching those games. So, like I said, and then you add in the fact that the defense is weaker, I just don't know how effective Cabell's going to be. And you know you gotta have a special type of a skill to know how to make those defensive ends work. Yeah, might be why might be why we don't want none in L.A. because we ain't even dealing with all that homework. So I like I like the opportunity for both teams to win this game. I, I really truly do. I think both teams have a shot at winning this game because like I said OK's okay, defense is legit. It is legit. He figured something out last season and it showed, but because of his offensive struggles. And the fact that I trust Mullenex with his defense, regardless of the build, I believe Dallas will be the favorite, and 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 is the team to to win here.
4: well
1: Well, two things. Um, taking a closer look at Dallas's build, and you tell me who this reminds you of of in the in 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 the NFL, dome team.
4: Goal quarterback, MVP-level quarterback, goal wide receiver, Hall of Fame-type wide receiver, Hall of Fame-type defensive end. Who does that sound like? Nobody to me, to be honest.
1: <laughs> it sounds like the Colts to me. The Colts. Peyton, Manning, Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freeney. Peyton Manning, um, Marvin Harrison, Dwight Freeney. So, baby... Here. It, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those. It's one of those. You know, defense. We don't really care about it. We'll just get pass rushers because we know we're going to score. Then you know you're going to try to catch up with us. Right. And then trying to catch up with us, our defensive end, your quarterback got to hold the ball a little longer. If he has yeah. to hold the ball a little longer, that gives that defensive end that extra second to beat his man to get on top of your quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. And that's what that Dallas rough next. At least the gold. It looks like. It looks like we're going to score, and then when you try to match our score, that extra second it takes for you to throw it, our defensive end will be on top of you in a hurry, so good luck with that. Now, some games, the defensive end might not be able to get loose, so they're going to be involved in shootouts. Some other games, when he does get loose, oh, I feel, I don't feel good for that quarterback from the opposing team. He'll be, he'll, be spending the, he'll be spending a lot of time after that game in the hot tub. A lot of bruises, so <laughs> that's what it looks like um, but yeah, at home with that squad, and um, I was looking at last year's um schedule, and okay, she you ran to a Dallas squad that had four bronzes um, like their quarterback, they were able to stymie the quarterback, like you know the 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 you know Marconi didn't have that many yards, he only had two forty. But then again, that's with throwing to bronze receivers as opposed to having a gold and two silver. So I don't know how much we can extrapolate from you know their matchup last season when they played at OKC. But you know they were able to slow down the offense enough. As, you know as I keep as I keep saying that was facing you know four bronzes. You know, this is a different kind of beast. They're going to have to face the season with their one goal and two silvers. Yeah. In that matchup, I, and yeah, I'm going to have to lean Dallas way. I just, uh, especially at home, you know, home team, for some odd reasons, game, they love the home team. Um, yeah, I like, I like Dallas in the matchup. So, righty. The matchup
4: we've been anticipating. Game of the week.
1: Andy and Mike Lively. On the play call. <laughs> Carol, it's going to be the Carolina Skyhawks, not the Redbirds. I know you've seen y'all seen the Redbirds in the chat. No. The Carolina Skyhawks at the revamp Sioux Falls Pharaohs. It's going to be bird-on-bird bird action. I don't know if that's your kind of thing, if that's what gets to hit your um, But that's the game of the week, folks. Sioux Falls brings a very different build, very different build to this. They bring nine to five. Nine defensive players. Which is unheard of. No, I'm running this by you. if you had nine offensive players, what can you do with nine star offensive players? What kind of damage could you do?
4: Uh
3: considering I think in this in the Sims, I think star offensive linemen are worthless. Um I don't think you could do too much more than you do if you actually have a quarterback. If you have if you had a quarterback, a running back, uh, three receivers, a tight end, to me that's all you really need if you want to maximize your offensive abilities. Then you get an additional three. So maybe you maybe you take a shot and use the guards and centers or, or maybe the fullback to improve the running game or carry the second tight end for when you're in the tight sets. Uh, the offense could be much more explosive, it's a possibility. But I think the perfect offensive build in this league, like I said, is quarterback, running back, three wide receivers, tight end if you want to get the most out of your, your offense. That gives you six star players. Um I know you were wondering that because when you go defense, uh my man's got nine guys, I believe, on his defense.
1: He got nine guys on defense, man. Oh my so,
3: goodness. So <laughs> two non star two non star players out there. Two non star players. And the thing is, he's going to be playing a lot of nickel, I'm assuming, since he wants to carry the additional free safety, which I thought was interesting. I mean, when he carried, uh, when I saw that he had Alex Parker at defensive end, when I started watching the build and he had that one spot left and ended up having <laughs> Michael, Michael Spurgeon at free safety, I have admit that kind of caught me off guard because I was like, okay, okay, he's going to either run a 3-4, which a lot of people don't like, and carry a fourth linebacker, which would have been out of craziness, or he was going to carry an additional defensive lineman. But when I saw that second free safety, I was like, okay, he's going some nickel action here. Okay. So, uh, you know, the question is going to be, can Jordan Jennings, Jalen Millen, and Julian Tyree, you know, it's the Triple J's, can they get it done? And the only thing that scares me is he's got three offensive players and
4: seven abilities to do it. If, this is a big if,
1: if that non star running back mm-hmm. can recreate <laughs> what, <laughs> you, you see where I'm going? If that <laughs> non star running back can recreate the production they had last year from their silver uh, running back, Beasley, then this should be okay. But that's a big if. Because
3: I personally um, believe it's impossible.
1: Because the difference between a non-star running back's hands and a silver running back's hands, I believe, is 20 ability points. 20. That's gigantic. Especially that us plays in inclement weather as well, where they are, you know, the, um, at least two or three of their games are going to be in, you know, cold-type cold, cold type games where the hands ain't as you know good, good as they used to be or good as they should be, um, that could be problematic. We'll
3: what if they don't go with the swing this season? We all know Jordan Jennings was a beast. We all know Super Falls can accomplish the deep ball. We all know they use Caesar Cannon, not in one area, but everywhere. everywhere yeah. Jalen Miller, Miller's going to be covering that spot. So Maybe, just maybe, two Falls this season, we'll throw the ball all over you. We're not going to swing it this season, and we're going to rely on our non-star running back just to get two, three yards on dive plays or isos all day. Just a safe, up-the-middle type play. Nothing to the outside because we know that non-star is a lot slower than a bronze. Just simple, safe, up-the-middle type runs, and then they're going to throw the ball on us. And that's where that 75%, 25% playbook comes in. And then that's where the uh, run-pass ratio comes in. My guess is they're going to have 75 pass plays to a t, exactly 25 runs, and that's where that damn run-pass ratio is going to sit as well. So that non-star running back might need to carry the ball, but 10 times a day. If that's the case, this could be a very good build for them.
1: To some extent, because uh, looking at it as a DC, you know, with the DC's uh, um, perspective. Like, you trot out two receivers or two weapons. I'm gearing my defense to take them away and force the non-stars to beat me. If they beat me, I can live with that L, you know. I I can't live with, you know, you got two stars and the stars are the reason why I lost the game when I faced you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to make sure I take your stars away, at least make it really difficult for you to get your stars the ball. So... Like unless he's deploying four or five wide, you know, concepts where his guys are moving all over the place, you know, hiding them, and you know, to kind of take advantage of mismatches, because, because um, in certain, you know, in certain formations, it hides both guys in the slot where your corners won't follow them, your star corners won't follow them. It'll be against non-star guys where, you know, that that could be one way. If that's the way he goes about it, then that's very ingenious. But if he's just lining him up where you know as an X receiver, as a Z receiver, and just go beat your man, go make a play, <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 that's where I would that, that's why I would say like I don't like that I concept. Or if they go as what well, if they also stay with the swing like they did last year, where the swing helped with kind of their uh, uh, their pseudo running game got them four to five yards a pop, sometimes if you broke a tackle, 10, maybe 15, to kind of keep the chains on time and not having to face, you know, second and 10, third and 10, then they're in good shape. Especially with having... Go ahead, finish. Especially with having a generic running back. But because your generic running back, he he might break... Ten tackles on the year, total. <laughs> like it's a, it's if not that way, if they're just going to just you know drop back and throw every down, especially now with uh, teams leaning more heavily towards you know D line help. Yeah, because if you look if you look at too in the com in the conference that too sits in, every team but one has D line. No, every team. No, my bad. Carolina doesn't. Every team but two has the alignment. Right. You know Atlanta has a goal defensive tackle. Queen City has uh, three defensive linemen. Three? <laughs> Did you hear that? Three defensive? Oh my goodness! St. Louis <laughs> got three defensive linemen. <laughs> Tallahassee has a defensive. You know what I'm saying? So if you're just gonna sit back and try to throw, man, those. Those D line are going to just light their hair on fire and come after your quarterback because they don't have to worry about your running game. Right. Like that would not be the the smart way to go about attacking. But like I said, when I first saw that team build, I, I believe Jason, I believe Jason got something up his sleeve, and y'all just be ready. Right. So I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna take this to a to the next level, if you will, with this particular game. Since uh, he, he's on the call, I'm gonna. I'm going to bring Andy in and then see if Andy, who's going to be dealing with this defense since he's the offensive coordinator, how he feels about what he's running into week one. So, Andy, how you feel about this matchup?
4: Hey, guys, how's it going?
3: <laughs> it's going. What's good, Andy? So, as the offensive well, coordinator I, I, for the Skyhawks, what do you think?
0: i tell you what, I, I... – told cam this before i said uh, a big thanks a lot to him you know first year doing offense and he's going to give me uh not only one of our biggest games of the year but he's going to give me arguably the best defensive unit um in the <laughs> sfl in week one um so a big a big thanks shout out to cam um who i think still is on the call um for, for that uh help in scheduling um With that said, uh, I think it's interesting. Um, I I think I provide a a unique um, outlook on it because, I mean, if you look at what our build was last year in Carolina um, when I was the defensive coordinator, we went pretty heavily onto the defensive side, Um, and and that was the talk of the season for us um, near the beginning. I think there's actually an article on the website um, that talks about how uh, if uh, if I can get the defense going, we, we have an interesting build. Um, but if the defense fell flat, flat on its face, um, our offense would struggle. Um, I think the difference here is that the way that Jason has put his offensive weapons um, on the tiers, um, it's I mean, Tyree is better than Monroe was. I mean, we could do that for every position on the field. Their three guys are better than, I would say, the four or five we had um, last season um, from an ability and um, build standpoint. But the question then will be um, how, how does he utilize those, because he has less weapons, so they're better, but he has less. How does he utilize those in comparison to how the defense will anticipate defending him? Um, I think it's interesting, like you guys talked about with the uh, non-star running back, are they going to use him a lot? Are they not going to use them? It's kind of a toss-up. I mean, Jason, as we know, ha- has used the sw- swing for so long that he he might know that it could work still with a generic, depending on um, how you try and defend the other guys on the team. A- and when we've when we've heard Jason talk about the swing, he's talked about how it's you know he only has one or two of the plays in there. It's not his entire playbook. So what I'm thinking is. Um, If we don't see the swing in week one, don't discount it for the rest of the season because I would not be a bit surprised for him not to use it and then in week seven or eight just to pull it out of the hat just to confuse some people, you know, because by then you're defending the receivers down the field. You've pulled all your guys back, and he's going to dump it off for four yards. And I've always told Shan, uh, if if you have a play that will gain four yards, you know, even if it's a uh, a deep pass play where you're hitting the shortest route for four, you can't get too upset because if you gain four on every play, well, you got a first down, you know. So um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see
4: him use the swing at some point this season.
1: I I agree, um, but I can't, especially in, in coming into this matchup with y'all. Um, I. I anticipate them using the swing some, just to remain on time, just not to fall too far behind in the sticks where, you know, y'all defensive backfield could just pin theirs back, you know, especially if you got a little more wide free and then two silver corners, you know, having to hold the ball that extra second because those guys are sticking a little closer to the you know wide receivers than they would usually because you're in, stuck in a farther down in distance. So I, I can't see him issuing his, you know, bread and butter, if we can call it that, you know, completely. Now, he might, you know, scale it down a little bit so his star receivers can see the ball more often, but I can't see him getting rid of it altogether. Right. And Jason's sitting here in the chat right now, and I'm
4: sure he's just sitting over there smiling in the ear, laughing at us, guessing. I, uh, I I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Um, I, I think it's one that we're
0: excited for, you know. Um, I mean, you got to be. It's one of our biggest games of the season. Um, so so you've got to kind of go into it with as much as you can and, and do what you can with it, you know. Um, and I, I like what our offense has put together. I, I like the kind of playbook I have. Um, I, I really think we'll be able to blow some heads out of the water. Um, so I think it'll be a, a good matchup, and I think it, it rightly, on the week one slate, I think it rightly deserves the game of the week.
3: Well, I'll say this about your offense. I was lucky enough to, to get free tickets to the spring game, uh, and I have to say,
5: uh,
3: <laughs> Alex Zelai looked really good in that offense, I have to say. Thank you, sir. Thank so, uh, you. I'm
0: sure he'll he'll like hearing that as well.
3: I'm, I'm I'm sure you guys had some people there filming your spring games. So I don't know if the rest of the world will get to witness that spring game or not. But uh, I was lucky enough to obtain tickets, probably without your knowledge, so to, to sit there. And- it's uh, I'll,
0: I'll tell you this, Doug. Yeah. It's out there. It's out there. <laughs> so but, uh, I, I'm yeah. not too I'm not too worried about what people can see or what they can't. Um, you know, it, it's going to come down to the game on uh, that Monday. So. You know, whatever anyone sees beforehand, that's fine by me. You know, I, I'm bringing it on, in my opinion.
3: <laughs> but I, I had to say uh, to those listening, uh, if you don't defend this kid, he, he's gonna beat you. He looked very impressive. He's quick, athletic. Uh, he's clearly been in the weight room, so it's been a good off season for this guy.
1: Now, my the, the biggest thing I'm gonna keep an eye on for Carolina offensively at least, is to see if they remain a balanced team or are they going to lean more on um, their quarterback's right arm, you know, on Jameson Monroe's arm to kind of get spread the ball around to his newfound, you know, toys and weapons out there to the point where um, Johnny English becomes a forgotten man or, you know, they're going to, you know, stay leaning on Johnny to force the defense's hand to kind of take Johnny away or try to take him away so they have the favorable matchups outside between, you know, Zillai, McDaniel, and Harrelson. That's, that's what well, I'm keeping an eye on.
0: I'll, I'll kind of step in here a little bit. Um, I, I won't give too much away, obviously, because I'm not trying to play the whole hand. But I, I don't think um, – I, I think balance is important. Um, I, I don't think we're going to go to one extreme per se – um but but I think Doug can attest. We we have in mind what we wanna do. Um and I think it'll it'll surprise some people. Other people will kind of see it coming. Um it, it's one of those things where no one in this offense I think will get forgotten. The question will be um week to week, which one are we leaning on? Um and, and so we, we have in mind what we wanna do for the first um, however many so games and if it's working out we will stick with it, um, and, and if it doesn't work out, we will switch and kind of move to whatever we want to do. Um, but but I, I think Doug can attest. Um, I think we, we kind of have an idea of which way we want to go.
3: I do have this question for you, Andy, and I haven't brought this up to you at all in any of our conversations. Uh, let's just assume the season starts and you guys struggle. Uh, there's clear struggling there, and you find yourselves you and Shan leaning on each other what's the chances the two of you will go back to your original coordinating positions for the rest of the season to try and
0: change things to get get the ball rolling
4: um
0: we we have not talked about that at all um i mean i i know shan is excited for what he has in store on defense um he's excited for what i have in store on offense and vice versa um I think Shan's put together a real solid, real strong defense um that can use multiple points of attack to kind of um keep the, the offense on its back heels. Um and I, I think in the same token we we aren't even thinking about not succeeding. I, I think we're gonna come out of the gates firing um on both both ends of the ball and, and you guys if if we we don't succeed, um we can consider it at that point. But at this point, you know, we're we're keeping our uh our eyes laser focused forward. Um we're working still on soup balls. We're gonna finish them up um by by Thursday or Friday and then send those playbooks in and then it'll be um right on to uh our next game. So we're we're not too concerned about the, the offense and defense not succeeding. Um, but but it's something where we're pulling off each other as well, you know. So so we can switch sides with the ball back, and that can only do so much. You know, you only get so many changes per week with the playbook that's in. Um, but, but more, I can pull from what Shannon learned in the past two years. He can pull what I've learned in the past two seasons. Um, and, and we can make each other better, you know. There you
3: just you just have to be grateful that and you said thanks to Cam for giving you this team week number one. But be grateful he gave you the Sharks week five. It gives you four weeks to actually perfect your craft to beat me because you're going to need it.
0: That's in week four, buddy. Week four.
3: No. I say week five. Do you know why I say week five?
0: Are you counting the spring game?
3: No, I'm counting week four as the bye week.
5: Wow. <laughs>
3: That's bold. That's bold. I love giving you the shit. I can't help it.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right.
3: You I know enjoy it's been it fun. as well. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. It's all about the all about the fun.
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a fun one between between y'all. Uh, you know, I'm just glad that this season's Carolina Skyhawks actually have invested into their offense because. <laughs> That team builds you up against
0: you're gonna need it. <laughs> well, to to Shan and my defense, over the past two seasons, we had uh, both units that we put together over the last two seasons did have their their possibilities to work. Um, we had a couple bad breaks. The New York game um, that was one. Uh, I mean, if anyone watched the straight to YouTube video. Um, in the last week of last season, um, we had Louisville on their heels for a couple minutes there. Um, they, they had to come back and win. So that, there's two, you know. The team could have turned around and could have actually been in the playoffs, had a few things going our way last season. Um, and, and the year before, if you remember, we started out 3-0. and um, so, so don't get me wrong. There are some things that we did see flawed with the way that we set up the team, and obviously we've done our best to correct that. Um, for the upcoming season but but th- it wasn't a complete wash you know there were things that we'd like um the the bronze receivers um it's something that a lot of other teams in the NFL are utilizing um i think i can't remember exactly i think it might be Dallas let me see if i can take a look here real real quick um Dallas has one what there's some team out there i can't remember exactly who but they have mostly um it might be queen city has two of them uh st louis has two uh houston has two of them baltimore has two and i think that's it oh las vegas has two so the the bronze receivers um what it does and i'll I'll go ahead and give it away now this little secret tip for anyone who's a, a defensive coordinator and is wondering how to defend the two bronze receivers. What it does is when your quarterback takes the snap and he's looking for a receiver, um, he doesn't value one over the other. When you have a gold running around versus a bronze running around, he's going to look to the, the gold first almost um, because you have a better likelihood of making the play if you're throwing it to your better receiver. It's almost like uh, Roethlisberger looking to Antonio Brown before he looks to Kobe Hamilton, although Hamilton made a good catch um, this weekend. But you get, you get the point. Um, so in putting them all on the bronze level, you don't have that favoritism. He's going to aim more towards the open guy as opposed to the better player. Um, obviously, it didn't work out in the offense we had last season, um, so we, we've tried to correct that. Uh, but it's not something where, where we completely feel
4: like it's a failure of a build from last season. fair enough? Okay. Um, I'm going to go off to the chat
3: room here real quick. Uh, and, Mighty, you had basically said what teams other than your own are you all keeping an eye on and why? First mention, DR Stem. He says, Dallas, high-powered offense and a nice-looking defense. Um, we see, look out for the storm from AJ. Uh <laughs> Ladwin well, Wolf says, Tallahassee is a sleeper for me. A.J. agreed with that. Um, so, I mean, we have to uh, touch on some of that, I think. And I'm going to start with the Dallas comment of Dallas, high-powered offense and a nice-looking defense. Damon, I know you're listening. If you could, please elaborate what exactly you mean. Because if you're talking about the actual team build, high-powered offense indeed, nice-looking defense, not so much as far as team build because of the lack of high-profile players that are in the bronze level. But uh, per the build itself, and I touched on this earlier with Dallas, I do like Steve's ability to call the defense. Uh, I do like what positions he's brought on board. He's gotten away from the actual extra safety that he's run for two seasons. I'm just, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up earlier. Well, that hurt him because he ran the extra safety last season. so uh, And he had a lack of corner, though, so. Maybe that's why he's got the extra corner this year. Um, the corner and the strong safety both have four abilities. The linebacker's got four abilities. So, I mean, he did spend some money on the guys at the bronze level to help make up for the fact that their tier is lower. Uh, it's still a fear of mine when I'm if I was that team, but the offense is so damn strong, it's probably going to make up for it. And there's clearly going to be one of the teams there at the end. In in the Western Conference battling for that conference championship game, so, and that's something else we can get into here in just a minute. We got to elaborate on some of this stuff and talk about some of these other builds. But uh, who is everyone's favorites? Okay, hold on. He says, "Well, I'm mostly talking about the Gold D N and his knowledge of strong defense." Yeah, there's. I have to agree with that statement. Uh, exactly, definitely agree. Uh, so that being said. Take a look at each conference, and we'll get the guys in the chat to chime in. In your opinion, who who's going to be in the conference championship games? Just based off build, what we know, uh, the changes each team's made. I'm talking, you know, like we have Carolina right now on the on the call. They've switched coordinators. They've switched positions. Uh, you got T Pat gone to Tallahassee. Uh, Kyle Walsh has gone to L A. Uh, add all that stuff into the factor of the team build, what you know these guys are capable of as a whole, and what is your honest opinion as of right now? What would be the Eastern and Western Conference Championship games? Uh so while we wait for replies, uh Andy, uh mighty if you guys want to throw your your thoughts out on that, you know, if you had to be a bet man to throw money down right now, what's your picks on those conference title games?
0: Yeah, I I can go. Um I'll start with the West, since it's not my division. Um, I think there are two, if not three or four teams that are going to make their push. Um, and, and I know that's out of um, the, what is it, six or seven that are over there. Uh, that that seems like a larger number. Um, it's not meant to be. It's just those are the, the four teams that I think are going to push for it. Um, I'll start at the bottom of who I kind of project will be there. Um, so we'll start with, uh, Mexico City. Uh, I think they're a team that's going to make their push again. Um, I don't think they will be as high powered as last season, as Doug was saying. Um, you know, losing that gold wide receiver is something, uh, that they're going to have to deal with. They, they are trying to kind of, uh, supplement that with Barrett with six. And then, uh, the one they replaced him with is a, Gold uh, quarterback, so they're they're trying, you know, to keep that offense in a throwing motion. Um, Bentley at a halfback, they're they're still going to do their thing. I, I like Ramos; I think he's really going to try and push and do what he always does. Um, moving into the third team, I think we'll make a push, and this is one that some teams are kind of, I think, discounting um, that you know might not work, but I think could um, if if they can kind of put together the right playbook. I think um, that Houston um, really has a team that could push. Um, I, I I don't hear much about them, um, but I, I know they, they signed Hawkins in the offseason. He was someone we were looking at in Vancouver. Um, he was going to run our offense. Um, if you watch the first week of last season when Hawkins came and played Carolina, um, you'll you'll see just why I would consider that a threat. Um, the, the guy ran all over us. Um, and, and I think when you supplement him with Cantrell and then Sim, Corky, Corey Jones, um, they're they're going to be able to throw, they're going to be able to run, and then they got the two silver safeties, a gold linebacker, um, two cornerbacks, and then Marcus Jones, the defensive end, who can kind of make something happen. So I, I think Houston can kind of make a push for it too. Um, and then the two that I actually think will be there – Um, I I think L.A. is going to make a strong push for the the bid from the West, Um, and then I think Dallas is going to make their push. Um, Dallas is a consistently good team, Um, so so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them getting there. Um, And L.A. obviously has made the necessary changes, um, bringing in Kyle, um, changing up the build a little bit, they're, they're a te- those two
4: teams, I think, are going to be the ones fighting for the uh, the championship representation of the West. And the East. <laughs> well, I, I was going to see if anyone wanted to reply to
0: that, but I guess not. Um, East-wise, East is a little different. you got two expansion teams coming in here, so that's a little bit more of a, uh, a toss-up. And don't discredit Alaska up there, um, Max. I'm not... I'm not Mighty, I'm not discrediting you. Um, I, I think you'll you'll be, if I had to guess, I would say you'll be that um, sixth team who's either on the cusp of uh, knocking one of these four teams out. Um, but in the East, you have a lot more of a uh, parity between these new teams, because there's two out of the, the six teams in the division, or seven, I guess, yeah, seven, four teams. So that's five teams coming back. Uh, and, and the teams that are coming back have struggled a bit. Um, Tallahassee had a rough season last season. Uh, Carolina had a la- uh, rough season last season. So so there's not we're, – we're kind of starting fresh on this side of the, the country. Um, with that said, I, again, I think there are four teams that are going to kind of make a push for it. Um, we'll, we'll start uh, at the bottom, I, I think um, – I think Tallahassee will make their run for it, kind of a bit of a dark horse. Um, I think uh, they're, it could go two ways. They could have the offense running well, um, and then the defense could struggle, or they could flip it and the uh, the defense could play well and the offense could struggle. And, and if that happens, I don't see them pushing for it. But if um, they can get the offense going, they can make their push for the that title game. Um, Next, I, I think, um, to be honest with you, I think Carolina um, will be in the hunt. Um, I, I like our build. I like the way our defense and offense balance out. Um, and, and I think it's going to be tough for some of these defenses to contain us. So I, I, uh, I like us in that, in that mix. Um, and then kind of my guess um, is going to be Queen City. Um, somehow these guys always get it done. Um, I, I like Shea Tovich as the silver wide receiver. I think he can he can definitely lead the team. Um, the question mark, I think there will be the two other bronze receivers. Will they be able to pull their weight, or are they going to have to lean on both? Um, and then their defensive build is interesting, but like I said, if anyone can get it done, it'll be Queen City. Um, and then top of the group, I think, is Baltimore. Baltimore. Um, they, they consistently are a good team. Their build looks strong. Um, I, I like the fact that they don't have any defensive linemen. Um, I, we had a defensive end last year in Carolina, and I'm just going to say I'm not on the boat of uh, getting D linemen on there as a star. Um, so I, I like their build. Um, I, I think if I had to guess, and, and people might call me a homer for it, but I'm going to go Baltimore-Carolina in
4: that, in that representation battle. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Get a comment
3: on any of that?
1: No. At least, uh, at, least the, I, at
3: least the two conference title games, or you just want to jump into your thoughts?
1: No, I see. I can see where he's leaning, and and the thought process behind where he's leaning, and I could dig that. Um, I let me start in the East. In the East, you have a couple of unknowns between the new squads. You have over-reliable Baltimore. You know they're going to be in there somewhere. Um, can they get over that hump and win their second playoff game in franchise history to get into the, top, the conference style of the game? That's going, that's going to be something to watch. Um, can Carolina, with the new additions on offense and little tweaks they made on defense, will that be enough to kind of push them over the edge and you know kind of fix what wasn't working properly last year and was last season an aberration for Queen City. Um, you know, they have a interesting team build. Um, they've, they don't have a tight end on the roster. They don't have a cornerback, at least star cornerback on the roster either. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch. Can they make it work? Will teams be able to exploit those non-star cornerbacks? Um, we've seen teams be successful running one star. But we haven't seen a team be successful running none. So that's going to be something worth watching. Can Sioux Falls make that three-star offense work? We know their defense is going to be strong. You know, they were strong last year before they, you know, said, you know what, screw running game, who needs that? We're going all in on defense, every star on every level, you know. Um, St. Louis, if they run into a team that spreads them out, can they deal? Tallahassee with the new OC, we know what you know what um, the old OC was capable of doing with a silver running back. We know what the new OC can do with running backs in general. Um, their defense is always strong. Is that chemistry wise between you know the mix between you know T wanting having a vision for the O and Frank having a vision of for the O. What Can they meld those images into one canvas and paint a Monet? If, if that's the case, coming out of the East, I could easily see Baltimore and Tallahassee if the Monet is painted, in, you know, in the den. Um, out West, Santa Fe, you know what they do? They bring those three wide. They got a goal uh, with the goal quarterback. The Browns running back, That if you fall asleep on, can hurt you. OKC, strong D. Can they finally, um, you know, have to get the offense to contribute on a regular basis and not, you know, have, you know, once every four games have the offense explode for points? L.A., we know what a Cal-Walsh defense could do. We know what a offense can do. Can they now, you know, put forth together a complete team and a complete team effort for the 12 games and then, there are unknown quantity in the playoffs. Can they can they get over that hump? Then let's see if they can make the playoffs and be successful that way. Vegas, they are relying on Mr. Savage to run both the O and the D. That's gonna be interesting. I don't know. They live like this. They they could have a market improvement from where they were last season as the Vipers and still not make the playoffs in the West. So they could easily win four more games, but that doesn't guarantee anything. But will that be considered a successful season in Vegas? Time will tell. Houston, balanced offense. Um, You know, under Corky's direction last year, once he got into the helm, the defense saw market improvement. Now that he's there from the beginning, Houston is going to be a problem. Um, Dallas. They upgraded the O, oh, like I said, they're they're um the early two thousand Colts where they're gonna score score points and dare you to try to match them with the scores so Tika Bell can get on top of your quarterback. Um we know that <clears throat> we know that uh Steven is a very very good at coordinating defense to make sure that he puts the guys in a position where they won't be exposed. Um in Alaska, nobody knows the kind of offense that we're, we're running. Um, everybody's expecting a power hole. Uh, yeah, I might have another thing coming. Defensively, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do over there. Um, it's We're a question mark. Just like the two question marks we have out east in Atlanta and uh, in St. Louis, I'm I'm a question mark as well. Um, the squad I'm putting out on the field. Um, so out of the West, you know, I'm not going to be a homer. I'm not putting a last there because I have yet to see, you know, when game-planned against by someone else other than myself, I, I haven't seen how we react or respond to that. So I I like I like what Houston is doing. Um, I like what L.A. is doing. I like what Santa Fe is doing, and I like what Dallas is doing. So if I had to take my fourth to be in the playoffs, those would be my fourth. And out of those, it's all magic-related. If Dallas, you know, if if Dallas is at LA, what does that look like? <laughs> if Houston is at Santa Fe, what does that look like? So I got my four in the playoffs. From those four, LA and Dallas. That's my conference. That's my Western Conference
3: Championship. I'll run these by everybody.
4: <clears throat> those in the
3: chat, uh, we, we we see the following. Uh, Demand says Dallas, Houston. In the West. Uh, Mac Wavy says Sioux Falls at Dallas. The um, Mon also has Baltimore versus Tallahassee in the East. Uh, AJ Pick Six says Sparrows, Skyhawks in the East. He then came back and said Sharks, Roughnecks in the West. Uh, and he had posted his. So, uh, you know, there's, there's just some out there. Uh, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to give you my, my honest thoughts. The team to beat in the East is real simple to me. It's Baltimore. They're the team. Uh, if you go through each individual team, again, you guys have said it, and I'll be repeating it. You know, you got Atlanta, St. Louis. They're going to be huge, huge question marks. Uh, Carolina with the coordinating switch makes them question marks. But those guys know what they're doing for the most part. Uh, and as Andy had said here on the air, they can lean on each other and help each other out. So this makes them a little less of a question mark. Queen City seems to always have to get it done, like we've already said. Uh, With no corners, can that same thing happen? They're going to have to rely on a huge defensive line to get things done. I can't see it happening. So they're not a favorite for me. If Sioux Falls' build works, how can they not be the favorite? They go over Baltimore if the build works. Because that defense is going to be ridiculous. How are you going to score on it if it works? So... That makes them a threat. Um, Tallahassee instantly becomes a threat by everybody's standards because Pat's there. Uh, can he make that type of build work? So at the end of the day, I honestly think it's going to come down to Tallahassee, Sioux Falls, Baltimore, which means I'm going to have to pick between Sioux Falls and Tallahassee because I still think Baltimore's going to be that team. And it's hard for me to pick one or the other because, again, if Sioux Falls build works, they're, they're going to go into the game for me. Uh if T-Pat can make a gold tight end work, uh, and his running back be dropped to silver, which is something he hasn't done since I've been in the league, if he can make that work, uh, it's the same thing like I said with uh, Steve. If he can make a weak defense work, you know, if anybody can make a weak defense work, it's Steve. So with this case with uh, T-Pat, if anyone can make a different type of build work, I believe it's T-Pat. So, man, I'm gonna have to pick here. Uh, I'm just gonna pick Sue Falls. I have to go with Super Bowl just because even with the swing pass taken away from their team last season, they beat the hell out of teams going deep in a game. That swing pass was kind of their, as Cam referred to it many times, it's their running game. Uh, Now, it's not very often your running game gets seven, eight, nine yards every freaking time you run it, but at the same time it's kind of what they were. But if you take the generic and put him in his place, and what we know he can be capable of, the generic to me is going to get two to five yards on a swing if they go with the swing game. And as I mentioned earlier on this broadcast, what if they don't go with the swing game? Because Jason found something last year that makes his uh, receivers just eat teams alive. And he leaned on it. So why not lean on it this year? And the only difference is he beasted the defense in the process by taking less
5: well,
0: power from that offense you want to know what it was that he found, Doug, that makes the receivers open deep. Okay. Well, it, it's teams struggling to defend that swing. You know, when when you have the threat of giving up a pass in the flat for seven or eight yards, you, you try and defend that. And when you're trying to defend seven or eight yards, you give up the thirty to forty to twenty yard range. You you it's tough to defend both for some teams.
5: Right. With
0: with the threat limited in terms of the swing. I think you're right. I think you can gain three to five. Um, but but without the threat of having five to seven, teams are going to pull back a little bit more. So I, I don't know if it's going to be as open as you're saying it will be.
3: Well, I'm i to touch on this, too, because I see DeMond mentioned Pat had a bronze running back his first season. And I should have said this. I guess it really didn't matter what the gold running back, because it's not like Pat runs the ball. He likes to throw the ball to the running back. So dropping a running back from gold to silver shouldn't have too much of an effect. I just want to throw that out there as well. But, yeah, the touch well, handy. i I agree with I agree with all that 100%. I, I, I really do. Um, so,
0: AJ, AJ's in the fun. chat saying I'm right, though, so I'm probably wrong, and he's probably just trying to <laughs> keep throw everyone <laughs> off. So who who knows what's going on now?
3: He's talking, here you go. He's going to make you think you're doing something right, huh?
0: Hey, I'm on um, offense. Man. I ain't got to worry about what they're doing on their offensive side of <laughs> the ball. I just got to worry about navigating between nine defensive players.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just a walk in the park.
3: But I I'll, I'll get to the west now. Uh when we talk about the west, uh I think I think uh Mighty said it right about Mexico City, so I don't have to echo all that. Uh OKC they worked on that defense last year. They got it right. It is a very good defense. Is he going to be able to do the same this season with the offense? If he does, OKC becomes a major player really quick. Uh, Vegas. If you go look at what Vegas did last year, they started the season 0-6, big-time struggles, despite having three very close games to start the season. Uh, and I'm surprised they – and it almost seemed like they got worse, which is really weird. They lost – on the very last play of the game, basically, to Queen City, and then in the Mm -hmm. next two games, the next two games, they gave up 13 and 18 points, and that was to Orlando and Dallas. This is a Dallas team that had that high-powered offense. Cleveland gave up 13 points to them. Just 13 points. And I had to try and do a quick look earlier, and that was, I think, the least total Dallas had all season in one game, was 13 points. So, kudos to those guys, but Later in the season, Cleveland started to figure things out. They ended up going three and three. They had back-to-back wins. So they go three and three and held Dallas to 24 points in the rematch later in the season. So that's all Mario Savage defense. The defense that Mario Savage put together last year, I guess we'll call it above average just for the fact that they gave up 40 points in some games and high 30s or whatever. But I think it was like three or four games they gave up 40-plus points. Uh, but those were Louisville, Houston, and L.A., which were three of the better offenses as a whole. So, uh, at the end of the day, that team could bounce back, or maybe not bounce back, because I don't even know if they've been there. Uh, considering most people refer to this team as the Cleveland Browns of the SFL, and that's horrible to say. But that's just the facts. uh. If Mario, again, I'm just going to say it one more time. Mario Savage can get the offense clicking and get the defense going, their build, when you look at their build, is not a bad one. A lot of people thought it was one of the better ones in the league. So, I mean, I really want to give Vegas some love here while I'm making this pick. I mean, they got the gold defensive tackle. Uh, They invested all four of their silver players on the defensive side of the ball. But they're very weak on offense that's where it scares me because Lorenzo Allen's only got two abilities at bronze. Flynn Starbuck does have the four at bronze. At, those are the receivers. And Caesar Cannon goes back to his natural position being a one-ability tight end. My question is, is he catching the ball or is he blocking for David Overstreet, who was given four abilities like Mario Savage for the offense? So, the very interesting build. They get Koma Kaleka, who's going to return the ball for them, I'm sure, which helps them get a much shorter field to work with. So, you know, Vegas... Clearly isn't a favorite of mine. I'm just going to give them some love here. Uh, mighty, you and your Alaska squad, you guys are a major dark horse, obviously. You, you knew what you were doing last year defensively, uh, and I'm sure that was a, uh, a TJ build. You now have your build, so to me that means your defense will probably be better than the one we've seen in Baltimore. Uh, what's your offense going to bring to the table? Uh, I know what Stevie T Diggs is made of. I know what he does. I know what he likes to do, and he's been successful for the most part in the league. Um, so, put you guys right there in the hunt. As long as everything starts clicking, it leads me to the uh, two Texas teams, Houston and Dallas. Uh, all I can all I can say about Houston and Dallas. I've already touched on Dallas quite a bit here, so I'll touch on I'll touch on Houston since I really didn't say too much about Houston uh, today. The one thing that scares me majorly with Houston is their bronze build. Everybody but Greg Corky has two abilities. That's A tight end, a wide receiver, a defensive end, and a corner. Very low on the ability payout. Uh, a lot of teams went high. Then they've gone high on the, on the front end with Hawkins and Boozer, both given four abilities, which means they had less cap for the back end of their, their build. Uh, some teams really spent a lot of money on the bronze players. I think putting four abilities on a bronze player is a very smart thing, or at least three. That's why Greg Corky had a $2 million contract, which means three abilities. He'll be fine. Got the the DR Sim there with his three abilities as a silver. Um, I I, I trust this offense. Both safeties at, at bronze I like. I'm sorry, silver I like. Brandon Allen also at silver I like. So their defense should be pretty stout. I mean, they invested four of their seven players on the defense, which is not too common in the SFL, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go look at all 12 teams. But I believe our 14, whatever we're at this year, 14, uh, that's where we're at, yeah. I believe most teams have more offensive players in their front seven. And what I mean by front seven, I mean gold and, and silver. So this is one of the uh, minority-type teams, if you will.
5: <laughs>
3: I don't know what term to use. Just hate me. But – uh Houston and Dallas, like I said, their builds are which one's going to work better, which one's going to come out better. Now, we talk about Houston getting better, Houston getting better. We hear that a lot. Okay, we've heard that a lot. They went 5-7 and seven last year. Go look at the team. Uh, you know, go look at the team and, and what they did. They started out 0-3. Started out 0-3 and came back going 5-4, and four, and they won three of those games down the stretch. They beat Orlando, Sioux Falls, and OKC, and then they lost by seven to Minneapolis, have the two overtime losses, back-to-back overtime losses, which I know mom was just cringing at that one, but look at the points they put up, 41, then they had that 13, then they had 34, 48, 20, 42, 31, 34, 34, 31, 31, 17, this team puts up points. But they were giving up a lot, and then, like everybody said, they got better. Corky's defense down the stretch, 24, 17, 14, seven points allowed. Will that carry over to this season? If it does, I put Houston above Dallas. If it doesn't, I'm keeping Dallas ahead of Houston. It's hard for me to comment on my own team because that's the only team I haven't commented on yet. But uh, all I'll say about this with my team is this. As a whole, last year, my offense was pretty solid. I was horrible on defense. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I might as well just freaking put all the plays on my wall and throw a dart and pick that play, and they've probably been better than what I was doing. So when I bring in Kyle Walsh to run my defense, as long as his defense is as good as he is traditionally, that should make my offense better. Um, so I think we can be in the hunt, but I'm not going to pick me as a favorite. i got to pick teams that – aren't mine because i want to be unbiased here so uh like i said as far as dallas and houston goes i'm going to put one of those teams right there in the championship game uh and it's very well they could be playing against the other but i'm going with the thing nobody's going to pick and i'm going to end up picking just because i trust him defensively my pick is in the west is going to be dallas and alaska
4: appreciate the love um How can I go
3: against you? How can I go against your defense? And I repeat that. Your defense was the shiznit last year in Baltimore. You now got to decide the build. To me means the defense will be even better. And then you got a very solid offensive coordinator that a lot of people don't talk about in Stevie T. Diggs. Together, I think that's enough to get it done.
1: I can I can see it happening. I just want to take care of home. If I take care of home, then everything else will fall into place. If at home we can't take care of business, this season is gonna fall. This season this season's is gonna be a wreck. So, I, I we just need to take care of home. That's all I gotta do. If if <laughs> if the storm to take care of the home field, and and you know treat it like basketball. You know basketball they say take care of home, split on the road. If we can do that. We're we'll going to be in great shape come playoff time. But, you know, right now we're just trying to make sure we take care of Mexico City and, you know, give them the respect they deserve in preparation. Right. But but the same way you like my squad, which is funny, is the same way I like your squad because I know what Kyle brings and I know what you bring. And, you know what I'm saying, that's like a you know, match made in heaven kind of thing. So uh, it's going to be a fun season. That's, uh, that's all I could say. <laughs> I believe Demond is mad at me because he. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not. No, I think he was. I think he was doing his best little John impression there.
5: Oh man. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh what? boy. Okay.
3: DeMond, he's mad. He's. I, I'm sure he's upset because I didn't pick him to go go to the conference championship game. But it's not like I said Demond. You finished winner, fifteen going one and four and started last season 0 oh and three, meaning you were one and seven in your last eight before you guys finally got in the win again. No, I'm just messing with you. Giving you the business. But uh <laughs> But yeah. They they're they're gonna be in the hunt, Damon, don't worry. You guys you guys should you guys should be in the mix. Um if you're not, you know like I said, your bronze players scare me, but I'm sure you've done your homework and you're you're on to something there. So uh but um looks like we have – I know Mark Chisholm has been on the call, but that's because he's listening to the show. Um, but it looks like we got Shan Varner. I think that's gonna that Alabama, going to be him because it says that's Alabama. which only means in South Alabama. So we're going to see. Is that you there, Mr. Varner? What, man? How's it going?
6: Pretty good. I'm, I'm sure
3: you heard what we've been talking about here.
6: Uh, probably in the last uh, 20 minutes, yeah.
3: All right, though then you've heard exactly what we're talking about and that's what we're talking conference predictions, thoughts, who might be in the championship games. Uh do you feel like throwing
4: out your thoughts on that? Um I would have to say I I would
6: have to put uh Alaska up there. Uh we all were talking about earlier. Um but um I think that Carolina's bill this year <laughs> uh with them in the hunt as well. But um I would have to say in the championship game I would have to say probably uh Mexico City and Baltimore.
3: Instead of giving us conference championship, ladies and gentlemen, he went right for the SFL championship. You gotta love it.
5: <laughs> he said the hell Be with more,
1: that. We're going hey, to the top. Nemo <laughs> finally getting over the the hump get a couple of playoff wins in, get into that type of game, that'd be nice to TJ. <clears throat> you know, playing against his former defensive coordinator and Ramos. That'd be that'd be nice. We got some uh, some storylines for that game if that's the case. Hmm.
5: Very well could.
1: You got, you, got, you got yeah, love
3: for this is going.
1: Well yeah Shan I I I I I, I love what they provided you with on your side of the ball. You know, I, I don't know how much you like it, but that's a very nice, uh, uh, they gave you some nice toys to play around with defensively. So I can't wait to see what you do with that. Um, without going into too much detail, revealing game plans, um, you know, whatnot, like, how you know, well, give me a, you know, can you uh, expand on your defense and, you know, the philosophy you have behind it, especially with the the, the horses they gave you to work with.
6: Um I just think that um I'm trying to trying to stop that deep ball. Um you know uh the last couple seasons we've been really um if you would struggling with that. So I feel like with the two silver uh, corners and the gold free safety we're just looking at Stopping some deep threats that we have been typically uh, not been able to stop. Uh, with the uh, with the linebacker position, we're just really trying to stop the run there.
1: So. Yeah, it's, a ve- it's a it's a very balanced build with between a little more at free, you know, make sure that nothing happens over the top. The two silver guys that can kind of you know stymie most receivers in the league. And then you have, you know, your 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 linebackers and Tony Willis to kind of, you know, control the underneath stuff. I I like the little balance you have there defensively. I I really do. That's why I said like, yeah, I, I I'm I'm keeping the eye on it, Sam. See what you do with it over there. <laughs> well, hey, I
6: um, I'm learning every day, man. It's it's one of those things that um, you either grow and adapt, or you just keep falling behind. And I don't want to be that that guy that keeps falling behind i want to keep learning keep growing uh and just do my part what i need to do man i like it you got to
5: love the attitude you
6: got to
4: love it everybody just got quiet all of a sudden
6: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that pretty me really out much more to put on it
1: <laughs> uh, well you know i got you on the call shan um Besides your own, what other squad in the league has, you know, the either by team build or by
4: coaching staff has caught your eye? Mm.
6: I would really have to say, I guess I would have to say yours. Yours and, um, like y'all were talking about early with, um, the gamblers. I really like their build as well. Um and with the things moving, I just hope that uh Mr. Nickens can, can do something with it. It looks like a a dominant squad uh, on paper. But um and yours, you know, like Doug was saying earlier with your uh defensive planning and all, I think yours is gonna be a one to look at um in that race to the playoffs.
5: I like it.
1: I can't wait. We're less than two weeks away, folks. Thirteen days.
6: Thirteen, yeah, I, 13 I, days. I, it, it, I, the more, the more it goes to January the sixth is when we have to turn these playbooks in. The more nope. nervous I get.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have a nervous breakdown.
0: <laughs> a nervous
6: he, be, I he better
0: not. He better not, because I'm the one who has to deal with
5: that on the phone. <laughs>
6: <laughs> right? Oh, brother.
1: Uh, no, no. Now, now, remember, folks, we're st- we starting in prime time Sunday night, okay? This is this is for, for shizzle. It's for real. For real. It's for real. This ain't for fake. It's for real. This ain't a scrimmage. Assimilate. These are for real. 13 days. Yeah, and, and
3: in 13 days, like you said, in 13 days, all of us will finally get our fix, and that is be the sexiness of which is Cam and Irvine's voice returning to our lives.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> who
3: who who doesn't miss the man screaming? Ah! <laughs> getting all excited and getting all wound up. I mean, it is it, it, it is just it is just a joy to hear. it, So.
5: You know, well, and then
0: for that, and then fourteen days. Don't forget the game of the week. Now we we need all you guys to show up. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if we're doing the post game call yet. Um, we we might if we do. Um, we're going to need people to call in and let us know what they think about not only the game at hand but the entire week. Um, so make sure you guys tune in on Monday as well if you can make it. Um, and you know I'm. Me and Mike are excited to get going on it. Um, I, we've been doing our homework on these two games. Obviously, I'm kind of doubling up and having to prepare for the game as well as do the homework for on the backstories. <laughs> exactly. So uh, come come the 16th, I'm going to be a giant ball of stress, but I'm going to need you guys there to, the, as an audience, kind of support me. Uh, so that that would be nice if you guys could all show up on the 16th as well.
1: Uh, there's a game on that day? Huh? Wow! Surprising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now look, mighty. Just because just cause your team didn't get put in this week doesn't mean that it can't go in in a further week. You know.
1: <laughs> oh uh, man. <laughs> I will say
0: this though. I will. I will say this. The the another reason that we looked at Sioux Falls and, and Carolina was. Carolina, 29 people. Uh, It it actually just went up to 30 the other day in in our locker room. Um, Very busy in there. And and then when you look at Sioux Falls, um, when they have their games, when they were on Twitch, um, they were always very respectful, um, very aware, very uh, present in the chat. It was a presence, a respectful presence, um, always saying good game to the other teams. If you're not in the game of the week, showing up, doing your part, being respectful, representing your team in a good fashion, that will earn you points to where if we have a 50-50 cost up between your game and another game, if we can remember that you are respectful and are in the chat all the time at all the games, we will take that into account um, when trying to decide what game we're putting on game of the week. Um, So showing up on Monday is the start of that for this season.
6: Sounds good to me.
3: Okay. Uh, I want to throw this out there, everybody. Um, I want the guys in the chat, if you if you can, uh, to to chime in on it, give us your thoughts on it as well. But uh, just one thing I want to. No, two minutes is too long. Um, I said that out loud, didn't I, Mighty?
1: Um... I just a little bit.
3: Uh, week one. I'm gonna mention the game one more time. And then I'm going to ask everybody a question. I'm going to call everybody in the chat. I want to get everyone's thoughts. Week one, L.A. at Las Vegas. Baltimore at Atlanta. Mexico City at Alaska. Tallahassee at St. Louis. Carolina at Sioux Falls. OKC at Dallas. That brings me to two questions. Which game has the biggest chance of an upset? And which game would be your Stone Cold Lock? Uh,
0: um, I can jump on the grenade first if that if that's what we uh, we need someone to Go dive right it. on this bombshell. Um, <laughs> lock. If we're going lock, I'm going Los Angeles over Las Vegas in um, the Sin City, as we'll call it. Uh, I think Las Vegas has a lot of question marks. Um, obviously, Mario Savage putting in a good amount of work, so it's not necessarily all lock and key. But again, I've reiterated it a lot of times: Week one is always the most questionable week for any team because there's no film to go off of. You know, you you are completely guessing. So, but that I think that is about as close to a lock as we're going to get um, in terms of an upset. Um, if there were one to brew, I would have to say um, Alaska over Mexico City. I think the weather um, can kind of uh, play into this. Um, I, I, As you guys will see, I, I'll make my pick. Um, we're in another show on another venue at some point that I'm sure you guys will learn about soon. But I, I think um, if the weather plays into Alaska's hands, um they could come away with one here. So that'll
4: be that'll be the one that I'll look for um to possibly be an upset. Andy's got
1: the rock and the, the upset. Two I, good I, games. I, I like Dallas. Dallas is my lock for week one. Just just at home, high power offense. OKC okay, defense is good. Offense is question mark ish because we don't know if they'll be because. Funny. Ch- cheap plug. Market trends. Check it out. Andy Hamilton, Matt South doing their thing. Fantasy football. Um, <laughs> there and, you go. And, do, and doing episode and do, and, and being the guest for the first episode um, had to break down some things about some quarterbacks and notice that in Oklahoma City, that Mr. Redfeather, you know, the the, the quarterback that is the guy at the helm, has never had an above-average season throwing the rocks. So unless they've found a new direction or a new offensive philosophy as to how they're going to attack with the defenses, I don't trust their quarterback. So when it comes time to you know, match score for score against Dallas whenever their defense falters and lets Dallas score. I don't trust him to be able to match the score. And if that game becomes lopsided and he has to throw more, then that, that's not good. That's not a recipe for success. And that's why do I like... you remember?
3: Uh, do you remember, on? though?
1: Tree Feather has
3: thrown for eight touchdowns in one game. Did that two seasons ago. Like a man's capable of
1: throwing touchdowns. Just, just yes. remember that. But, but one, one, one out of twenty-four games <laughs> is more is more aberration than something that we can rely upon, and that's why Dallas is my lock for week one. Now, the upset, your upset special of the day. Wow! Even after you know showering praise on them. I got. I got. I my upset special. If I had to lean that route, the Saint Louis Gladiators, because of that D line. Mm. If if it's not planned against properly, it could be trouble. If if you're not playing against that defense properly, it could be trouble. And that's gonna be that's my upset special of the week. The is Saint Louis, especially opening at home. You know the the crowd's gonna be in it. Dallas coming into there, they better be ready. It's going to be a battle.
3: There you go. Got
5: to
3: like it, got to like it.
4: Um,
3: I do want to say this to you, Mighty. Uh, I think you're going to be Jamon and, and, and Houston's best friend week one. Uh, you're going to give them the opportunity to set the blueprint. And this is where a team like Queen City and a team like Houston, to me, have a huge, huge advantage going into week one. Cause they're on a bye week. Ain't,
1: ain't it bye week, week one?
3: They are on a bye week, and to me, that is a huge advantage. Huge.
6: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah,
1: hey. whose hand did you have to grease for that one? <laughs> that
0: one <is> a huge <laughs> advantage. <laughs> the, hey, the same one I neglected.
3: <laughs> so. So, I mean, you you get to scout a team and see what they're made of, and they don't get to watch you. And I'm seeing a comment in the chat room that says, I keep bringing that game up. I will say this right here, right now. We as a whole, we bring up all games of the past, all stats of the past. If you can't live with a past stat, it's tough shit. I'm not going to sugarcoat it no damn more. Tied of the crybabiness over a particular stat. Um... It is what it is. Uh, anyway, I guess I'm going to have to give you my predictions, my thoughts, my, 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 my whatever. My whatever we want to call this. Because in their uh, mine will probably be freaking dumb. But my lock, my lock for the week, uh, I'm picking Mighty's upset. I'm picking Tallahassee as my lock. <laughs> and for my upset... My upset of the week, I'm picking Carolina
1: over Super Bowl. Okay. Hey. I
5: could can,
1: I can, I can, hey, I can dig that <laughs> Hey. And <laughs> that's only
3: and that's only out of fear. That's only out of fear that not having enough firepower and all that extra defense won't work. Um and that honest and, and the craziness about it is is I actually look at Carolina from last season as part of what I'm talking about because they invested highly in the defense. And the offense suffered, and we saw the result of it. This particular build is even taking it to another level, which is going to make it even harder. So that's where I'm going with that one, and that's why. And they okay. beat them last year. Let's remember that. And they beat them last
1: year. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not seeing Sioux Falls defense faltering. but I, I am seeing a little struggle offensively to get some points on the board. And that's where Carolina is going to outlast them. Where you know in the fourth quarter, it, it might begin as a one-score game and wind up being a you know a ten to thirteen ball game because Sioux Falls just can't score. You know they can't just you know move the ball enough because of the lack of weapons they have on offense.
3: Okay, I just want to throw this out there. In that game when Tree Feather. Threw for eight touchdowns. We had 300 yards rushing, and DR Sim had 377 receiving yards. Just want to throw that out so he's happy. (laughs) I love you, Damon. I love you, buddy. But I'm going to tell you, you get very offensive too easily, buddy. Relax. We're just pointing out stats. We were talking about Red Feather. Okay. He said he didn't think he could get the job done. As a journalist, if you will, you throw in the fact that the man has done what he's being doubted of being able to do. It wasn't a matter of rushing yards or receiving yards or the score of the game. It was just a particular individual stat on an individual player. Calm down. Don't twist the panties. You'll be all right. We love oh, you. That's,
1: that, no, that's why he hates that game. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, cool. nice. I'd
3: hate that game <laughs> if I was
1: in his shoes. But...
3: I don't bring I don't bring that particular game up to be dumb. I bring that particular game up when the statistics of the game need to be mentioned, depending on what's being discussed. So you know, it is it is what it is. The man threw for eight touchdowns. He threw for eight touchdowns. Plain and simple. I don't care the team build that it was against. I don't care the team playbook that it was against. The thing is, it was accomplished. You know, and you can have the most horrible and this is for any game. Any defense can have the most horrible build. If your offense doesn't have the right build and the right playbook, you ain't gonna capitalize on it anyway. You know, and and then that's just the way I look at it. You know, and and I will say this to on a personal personal level, Demond, because we we like to air laundry on this show. When you mention single high safety, single high safety every time, that's basically to me you saying you didn't do shit, you suck. Is because I screwed up. But I always say, watch the game film. It happened once. Just saying. But
5: uh, <clears throat> you know, hey,
1: ta, 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 tagging along to your comment about that eight touchdown game he had, um, that season he finished at the, the he finished the season twenty six touchdowns, thirty interceptions, and with an efficiency rating of seventy six point two. Again, a little below average, and that's yeah, why I definitely. don't trust him. I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And I agree so. with all that. I agree with all that.
3: 100 percent, hundred percent. I agree with all that.
1: Well, I guess
6: it's uh my turn to jump on the grenade. Go ahead, jump on it. <clears throat> uh y- y'all both gonna hate me, but it
5: is <laughs> Boom <laughs>
6: <laughs> It is what it is. Um the upset I've got uh the gamblers over LA. I just wow. think I just I just think the bill, dude. I just think the, the offensive bill with Overstreet, I think uh it might surprise some, some people this season. Um and my lock is gonna be Mexico over Alaska. I just think I just think they have the weapons that uh just, just has the up. weapons.
1: My grenade th- he jumped
3: th- on, we need to pick it up and throw it at him
6: for
1: sure. <laughs> Doug, Doug, I think he just came on to be controversial. He's like he's gonna pick against a host.
6: Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, what host? He wasn't there last time. Oh man.
3: <laughs> All right, here's what oh, I'm going to say man. about that.
6: Here's what I'm going to say.
3: But Mighty, you got to do it. We got these guys on the, on the air and anybody's listening. has <laughs> realized real quick, the Carolina faithful being Shan Varner and Andy Hamilton are not shy to pick themselves. They're not shy to basically state they're going to be good because you got to love that confidence. So, Mighty, I'm coming at you right now. When it comes to your team, when it comes to week one, when it comes to the season, don't be biased. But be honest. What is your true honest feeling? Because I know when I went into my first season, I was concerned. I was hoping to, you know, of course the goal is to win the championship, to win the division, win the conference and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, my goal was to go at least 500 because it was the first season. Unfortunately, I went five and seven. What is your honest goal? What is your opinion of week one? And what do you think you're going to be looking
1: at when the season's over? Okay. Season's over. Playoffs are bust. That's why we are coming, coming into the season playoffs, but Obviously.
6: um
1: I like the squad. I like I, I I very much like my squad. I love my build. I love the offensive um strategy we're going into every game with. Um uh speaking of after we're done with the show I'm uh you know, get in contact with my OC because we got some things we just gotta uh nail down <laughs> about week one. I very much like our chances week one. Um mm, Mexico City is going to have some issues defending us, and they're going to have some issues moving the ball. So, if if I'm looking at a biased point of view, um, week one is going to be a four quarter it's going to be a four quarter game. And it's probably going to be the last team with the ball going to score, or last team with the ball is going to have to find a way to score to win, because they'll be okay. losing with the ball with the ball in hand. So. I like her, I like our chances to stop them if that's the case, and I like our chances to move the ball to get position to score if that's the case. So playoffs are bust, and week one we're home. They're like it's it's a win or else. No, it's not even it's not even win or else. It's burn the boat. There's no going back.
6: <laughs> gotcha.
1: There's no Final options. One. It's win. It's it's it, it, it's winning. That, that's that's the only option.
3: Um, well, I'll I'll take that same question that I gave you, and I'll give it to myself. <clears throat> i am obviously got the same goals, like I said, from last year. You know, the goal is going to be to win the conference, <coughs> to the championship game, et cetera, et cetera. My, my honest honest thoughts, my honest opinion, though, without being, you know, what the goals are is I believe, honestly, we will be in the hunt. Like I said, my, my offense did well last year. I didn't have a defense to back it up. I believe 100% I got a defense this year. Um And and here's, and this gives, I'm giving credit here to DeMond on this one. DeMond told me flat out in a private conversation one time that three linebackers, he just hates going up against the three linebackers because it can be so nasty. I was like, really? So I looked into that. I was like, well, this is the truth. I need to get that on my team. Who does the best with the three linebackers is Kyle Walsh. So I had to get that on my team. So I believe with him him in, in my corner, we are going to be in the hunt. We're going to be a team to deal with. Uh, simple as that. Going into week one, Ronnie, I love you, buddy, but you're going to lose by 20 or more. Just saying that now. Uh, they have no prayer. They have no shot. That's why I kind of laughed at you, Sham, when you said it was the upset. Vegas ain't got the shot in hell against us. It ain't going to happen. Um, we're probably going to hold them to less than 20 points, and we're going to put up 40. Just saying that that's just my honest to God opinion. I'm not and that's not an unbiased thought. I'm just being right. honest. just just honest based on build and, and the situation, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Mario Savage is going to be his first time calling the offense, you know. So just 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 being honest. Right. I mean, we'll call it a bye week. But well, uh, I
6: mean, I, I love both of you guys. You know, I just the 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 first game of the week is just always a hand, uh, just a toss up. So and that's kind of why I did that, um, but it's it's a never no situation. The gamblers could come out and be like, whoa, where they come from?" And Mexico just you know, they have a track record against a uh, a team that's just now starting up. So I'm not saying you know, everybody in the league is is great. If they have the right build, they have the right play calls. It's just that week one, and it's just a toss up.
1: You know, yeah, so. I learned. I learned. I learned that firsthand last year. Yeah, because they set me up. Hey, TJ. you he offers me the job. Hey, hey, your first opponent, Louisville. What? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's, <laughs> yeah. <that's> ex- <laughs> that, so, uh yes. Um, I watched a ton of videos coming into that game, and one defensive play killed me. Because that one defensive play was used four times, and all four times we lined up in that formation and ran that play, they scored. Mm-hmm. That, one, that one play game was 200 yards for All the right. game. You see, we
6: so, last last season we were looking at D.C. kind of the same way. We were looking at stuff they'd done in the past. Okay, they throw the ball, they throw the ball, they throw the ball. And what do they do? Run the ball. So we had planned on a, a defensive strategy. Uh, Andy and I both did. You know, we looked at the – situation said, you know, we need to run the ball or pass the ball on them because if they, they we're, we're going to run the ball. So we passed on them. That didn't work. They were ready for that. Um, and then we thought that we were going to try to stop the pass on them, and they ran the ball. So Hopkins, like, killed us, you know. So they beat us 40-something to 13, I think it was. And so that's why I said that first game was just a toss-up. It's just you never know it It changes from season to season, you got new bills, you got new players um, you you found stuff that worked or didn't work last year. you swap it up, change it um, you know, like doug said, you know his his defense was terrible last year. his offense was great, so then he had to get somebody who knew more about defense than he did. He put that in that's good that's good strategy that's good game planning that's taking your weakness out of it and putting somebody else's strength in it. And that's what makes you a a a contender for the uh, for the playoffs. Change, change is inevitable.
3: And don't forget, you can have the exact same build, but your team can still be different because you messed up, mixed up the ability. Right, that too. Mm-hmm. So you have to take all that into accountability. You know, for me, that's the scariest one. When a team keeps the same build but they come up being
4: different different because different, of their, their ability changes.
1: Andy, you still there?
4: Yeah, I'm here. What?
1: You got homographies?
6: <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, what is what? Happening?
1: <laughs> just happening there? You got um, a freaking problem? Such anger. cool, <laughs> oh, right. oh, close, okay. Um, oh man!
3: You I'm here. What?
1: Oh, wow. What's up? i No. I'm, I'm afraid now. I don't want to talk. I'm sorry.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Um. So y'all got a pretty. Y'all have a pretty good idea of how y'all gonna attack two Falls Monday night. Um. Y'all have. Um. In y'all, you know, y'all have thought up. Y'all have ran multiple simulations. You know, have gotten different outcomes. And you know, made the tweaks necessary to get the outcome more in your favor. So, so in in running those simulations, what was the best outcome for y'all? And then what was the worst? Um, and if you could, and if you could, you know, you ain't got to go into super detail, but explain what caused both. Okay.
0: Um, so. Well, and I'll, and I'll preface this by saying <clears throat> I'm still running them to, right now. I literally have one going on the screen as I'm having this conversation. So, just oh, the
5: what? My
0: my, X, my Xbox from here until the the sixth will probably be nonstop running simulations. Um, I, I think the best I've seen was a, uh, I think it was uh, thirty-five to I believe three. <clears throat> Um, that was the best and then uh I think the worst I saw was a uh I think it was fourteen, seventeen loss. Yeah, that was the worst.
1: Okay. So cool. And and, and and in both instances, like, you know what I'm saying, we'll cause the thirty point win, you know, and we'll cause the loss to occur. Was it, you know, turnovers? Or whatever was it? Bad quarterback play? Was it you know bad you know bad decision making? Bad play calling? Was it you know what I'm saying? Like
4: um,
0: In in the the loss, I think it was um, turnovers that kind of got us. Um, with the style of offense we're running, um, there's question marks in terms of turning the ball over, um, like there is with any form of offense, but this one especially. Um, the, the chance for giving the ball to the other team, um, uh, depending on what the team's running on defense is somewhat high. Um, so with enough turnovers, they got, got the chance to get the ball back. Um, and, and in the win, it really was those plays working, you know, you beat a guy, uh, or a, a formation or like mighty was talking about, you beat a play, um, and you beat it consistently. Um, and, and I think we have a lot of those plays in the playbook, and all it takes is the wrong defensive play once, and, you know, we're, we're going. So.
1: That's what's up. Okay. Doug, do you have anything else you'd like to bring to the table?
4: Yeah. How about this weird, wild, crazy
3: question? it's way too early and we don't know squat about nothing. But let's throw it out there just for the fun of it. And that is your three top candidates to be league MVP. That's cool. um, hard to pick based on we know nothing.
0: Let's see.
4: Um, I like... I like Matt Wilson.
3: As a gold he'll be nasty. Mm. Mm.
0: I
5: like
0: <clears throat> I like Mr. Bose himself. I like Doug Bose. Um and, and I'll be honest,
4: I I li- I <laughs> like E. T. King.
0: E. T. King, that's an interesting pick.
3: Gotta like that. Going against the grain there. <clears throat>
4: Wow, Shan, mighty, got Hmm.
5: predictions. Um, (laughs) go ahead, Shan. Go ahead.
6: (laughs) I like um, Hopkins, and I like Et King as well, and I also like um, Mario Savage. Hmm.
1: You're high on Vegas, I like it. <laughs> okay. You did say high on Vegas, not high in Vegas. <laughs> well either way it'll work I guess. <laughs> um I like I like Hawkins too. Especially that uh, this is the season where the High News are gonna bounce back. Um and he's gonna be the catalyst as to them bouncing back. It's gonna be Hawkins. Um, as both the O C and the <laughs> star running back over there. Um even with a new offensive direction, I'm saying don't sleep on Johnny English. Or, you know, he's he's another, you know, old but good star. You know, while people are focused on stopping the the, the new the new look offense over there, he could still be he might even be more dangerous now because of, you know, the way teams will be spread out. And having, you know, one less linebacker and one more D B on the field to have to deal with that spread offense look. Don English might be even a bigger headache for folks out there. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna throw this one out there, and it, our own director of player personnel himself, Mr. Andrew Vastelli, with the four wide receivers on Baltimore. Yeah, that would surprise me if he puts up uh, to some some ridiculous numbers out there as well. So. Isn't he gold no. as well? No, he's actually a silver. I mean, okay. He's throwing to he's throwing to four four receivers of which you have a gold and a silver there. So right. I could see him yeah. doing some damage there too.
6: Yeah. Interesting. I mean that's why I said earlier, um, you know, Baltimore and uh Mexico because both of those guys like to throw the ball. I mean I'm not saying that Sioux Falls couldn't make it or you know, or or, or LA, but I'm just saying Strategically, I would pick those two because of the success they've had in the
5: past.
6: <clears throat> no,
3: I'll, I'll give you guys my three, my three picks. Okay. I
5: uh,
3: will sit here trying to figure out who would be my three star players. they would be the MVP. Who who they could be? Who will they not be? Who they won't be? And been really looking at it uh, based on the fact that I know this team loves to run the football and run the football some more and then run it again. And he's been echoed more than once Dion Hawkins. He's gonna be he he he's now <clears throat> with a team that will run the ball to his style, I believe. He'll be even better in Houston than he was in DC. So to me he instantly gets some gets some love. Uh number two for me is gonna be Justin Beakley Jr. And that's just for the fact that based on the build, based on the weather, I'm thinking he's gonna get a lot of damn carries. So his numbers will go up. And to me, the guy that is the MVP favorite, I'm taking Julian Tyree.
4: Those would be my three picks to be MVP at the end of the season. All right, fair enough. So,
3: but It looks like the consensus between the four of us, at least, was Deion Hawkins is the one who seemed to get the most votes if I'm
1: not oh, yeah. mistaken. So Well see see like as I was saying, seeing that he's O C there, um his his, <laughs> his 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 player was really good in DC. Um Houston knows how to use backs. You know, Darnell Black can attest to that. Darnell Black was a you know, he was a problem last year and they're just replacing one you know, great back with another great one. I, I don't see why Deion Hawkins would not be able to produce as well, if not better, than he's ever produced. Because if he does, cause like this, if he doesn't produce, Houston had a terrible season. Because if he don't produce, they're they're in trouble. So he has to produce for their for for his production directly tied to their success. Because if he produces, you gotta count for him which frees up D.R. Sims to do, you know, his thing in the secondary, against the secondary. If he doesn't produce and teams are playing, you know, his third and ten, you they're okay, you're going to be sitting there watching, you know, playing against two bumps or cover four. Yeah, and good luck trying to get behind that kind of defense. All right, I'm going to
3: throw this number, this, this question at you real quick, Mike. Of all the teams in the league right now, which team, and just, just name the team, and then I'll give you my question. Which team to you? That's remaining in the league is the most consistent.
1: Baltimore, Damn. And,
3: I, Baltimore. and I agree, hundred percent. And that, and that was the team that was the product of the conversation I had with one Stevie T. Diggs the other night, because we wanted the you know, we were shooting the shit, if you will, having you know just random thoughts and questions. And he fired a question at me, and I honestly didn't know how to answer this question. So I'm gonna throw it out here on the air and see what you guys think of this question. He <laughs> said, which has a better likelihood of happening this year in the league? Baltimore having a losing record or Vegas having a winning record?
6: More having a winning
3: Wow. <laughs> Which one would be more likely to happen? Wow. Have Vegas with a winning record or Baltimore with a losing record? I
1: didn't
3: know how to <clears throat> answer the
1: question. I still haven't. Before commenting on the question, I see what you're doing. Um, I see what you're doing, STD. Okay, back on it. Um, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Because, like I said, last year they were basically in every ball game. They lost every game by one possession. There was one score, except for that. I think that there was one game that was lopsided. But besides that, all the games they were in were one score game. So if if even that's, half of those games they win, that's four extra wins that puts them at seven and five. That's a that's winning record. With- you know what I'm saying Playoff. it's a winning record. It's, it's, I don't know about playoffs because that West is well, stacked. Queen, C- Queen City, that's got at least in. a winning record.
3: Queen City got in five and seven, so I would put them in at
1: 7-5. Yeah, but yeah, Queen City would. They also were in uh, the that conference last year with all kinds of beat up. So that's why five and seven worked. <laughs> five and seven worked because Cleveland, Carolina, um, DC. That's why it worked. That West. <laughs> I don't, I, I can't, I, like, there's a fair argument that out West, any one of those teams could wind up with a winning record.
6: Okay, because from what I understood of the question was, which one would have a losing record, which one would have no. a winning record? No. So Which one
5: yeah, is more, which one one is more likely, likely to happen?
6: Baltimore has a losing
3: record or Vegas has a winning record?
6: And I still say Vegas because... You can't, you can't, from the record they had last season, you can only go up. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so, uh, so if, you're talking
6: about, if you're talking about playoff runs, then a playoff. Playoff? <laughs> yeah. So if you're you're talking, talking about a playoff? Yeah, if you're talking about a playoff run, then I would pick Baltimore. But if you're talking about a winning record, then I would pick the Gamblers. <laughs> What was it? Three yeah. and nine. They were three and nine. All you could do is win one more game. Four and eight. What? <laughs> yeah, that would be. We winning... need. Yeah. Shan you all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Did
1: you just say four and eight's a winning record?
6: <laughs> no, it would be their winning record. It'd be oh. that would be the. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no Shen. No Shen.
1: No They'd
6: shame. have to go at least seven and
4: five for a winning record. There you go.
1: So which one is more likely, Baltimore at 5-7 or worse or Vegas at 7-5 or better? Hmm.
0: Uh, Dude, I'll Vegas. step in. I'll save, I'll save Shan from this one. Shan, you might want to go uh, drink some water, uh, breathe some fresh air. I, I don't know what you're getting into I'm, over there. I'm uh, dying over here. <laughs> I, I'm going to go uh, clearly Baltimore on this one. The, the Like I, I was talking about earlier, the East is a, is an interesting division. Um, there's two new teams instead of just the one um, so we're we're kind of at, in a weird spot where they could steal some games that uh teams aren't expecting um Tallahassee is kind of a, a an interesting question mark it could be coming up better um, Carolina is one that could be coming up same same kind of token um so i think Baltimore's chances of going 6 and 6 um are are better than uh Las Vegas' chances
3: are going 7-5. and five. Uh, And Here's the second question that we discussed the other night, and uh, I'll just I'll just buy this one at uh, Jan and Andy. And uh, I guess if you want to chime in, Mighty, you can just pick of the other two teams. But uh, he had asked me, of the three expansion teams, which one do I see having the best record when the season comes to a
4: close? Play it with well. uh, us. Wow. Um, it's either I, I think it's either got to be Alaska or Atlanta mm. I think one of those
1: works with the
4: will same the team you
3: guys are always on opposite pages how's this playbook working <laughs> that's why they don't work
1: on the same side of the ball they work on the opposite side of the ball I love it
3: Oh man! All right, mighty of St. Louis and Atlanta. We'll leave your team out of the equation. Of those two, which team do you feel has the better record out of them two?
1: Out of those two teams, who do I trust more as the coach owner, Ch- Chisholm, hmm. and and because of that, I I trust Atlanta more. You, you get what I'm saying? Like right. I, I I ran into we. Being part of crabs, I have to see his defense twice a year every year.
6: And okay. I guess I, I guess I have the oddball here today because <laughs> I, I say St. Louis, dude. Collins has been around a lot longer.
1: It's not about being around. It's about being effective. There's a difference. So I, I could be around as long as I want. If if someone's more effective than I have and been half have the time, I'm going with a guy that's been more effective.
3: Well, a lot of a lot of interest I actually checked the chat hoping we'd get a little bit more comments, but nobody nobody dropped their opinions on those questions, so but yeah, uh I do know I do know Mighty's time's running short, mine's actually running short cause, uh we both gotta take care of some family things and personal things. Uh so if anyone has any other thoughts, opinions, questions, comments, whatever them out. If not we'll save it to the next one. Um and hopefully sooner than later.
1: who'd you pick? which
3: one? Uh, Expansion squad. Uh, well, well to, to mention what Shan's saying, he's picking St. Louis. I can see why he's picking St. Louis. You know, they got heat Chul. If they use him properly, he's going to be a threat. If them three defensive linemen do what they need to do to make up for the lack of a strong safety, that could be a very dangerous team. I think they spent their money wisely as far as abilities go. Uh, You take a look at Atlanta. They have a very solid overall build. I like what they got going over there. Uh, I look at your particular bill with Alaska. Clearly, to me, you want to pound the ball down people's throats. This is a pass-happy league. So you're clearly going against the grain, in my opinion. Um, But you could be doing something, and we're all smoking weed over here, Uh, hanging out with Mr. Skeletor P. Funk. (laughs) So uh, if I had to pick... Which obviously I'm going to because I asked the question. Now it's being thrown at me. If I had to lay money down right now, the team I'm picking, uh, just simply because I said I think they could produce an MVP, I'm going to have to go with Alaska because we've seen a running game dominate and ball control. It's it's going to be a sloppy field. You know, you keep mentioning that weather. Based on the current weather report, it looks like it's a. 95% chance you'll be in a snow game next week or whatever. So, you know, on the 15th, it looks like your game is going to be in the snow. As of right now, that's what the weather report shows. It will be a snow game. You peeled, you set up your team for it, but the two tight ends, the gold running back, you even threw in the kicker, and we discussed that earlier. So I, I got to go with you, even though, to me, you play in the overall tougher conference. I believe the West will be the overall tougher conference. So, you know, and that has a lot to do with the fact that you got two or two more expansion teams in the East. So that's another topic we can get into. Because uh, I know Cam mentioned how <laughs> East East has produced more champions and and more more whatnots. Uh, but you know, that's the past. What are guys doing now? What, what's the situation now? Where are teams at now? Where are players at now? And, and, and the coordinators now? I just think mm-hmm. I think the championship goes through the Western Conference, so to speak. you're going to have to beat the team from the West, you know, to be the champion. Obviously, but you get what I'm saying with the point. That that's going mm-hmm. to be in my opinion.
6: Yeah,
3: I could agree with that. So, uh, I'm I'm going to pick Alaska on that one, and I did think about it. I think I think Vegas. Having a winning record is more likely than Baltimore having a losing record. Like, I just can't see a TJ led team going five and seven. Five and I seven, yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good question. And I don't know where that question came from him the other night, but I was like, "Whoa!"
1: No, I know exactly where it came from. That's why
3: I know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well at least one of us knows what's going on cause I sure as hell don't. And Andy, either of you got any other thoughts, opinions, comments, whatever. Andy Andy says, Wait a minute, he gone. Andy's gonna yell at us again, so let's just keep quiet on him. Uh <laughs>
6: <laughs> I am good. I'm just gonna go back and sipping my tea since I'm retarded on uh, broadcast here, so
3: it's alright. We'll let you go hang out with Matt South. Sit on the bench somewhere together.
6: Well that'd probably be a Appropriate.
3: Uh, I think the chat room's pretty much gone silent. So, Mighty, if you got anything else to throw in, like I said, we'll try and get a get another show up sooner than later. Uh, honestly, was hoping to do another show later in the week, but we'll see. Yeah, Andy's actually off the call. So uh, my goal was to do a show possibly Thursday or Friday. Don't mark it down yet, but I'm actually trying to shoot for something like that.
1: If you could, could do it in the evening, if you could do it in the evening, I'm I'm right there with you, brother. If you could do it in the evening, I'm right there with you.
6: Hey, real quick, um, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with the SFL. I'm just watching the game. Who so you think is going to win, Chicago or St. Louis? Hockey?
1: What in the blue hell? Wow, that that came out of left field. My goodness.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the.
3: He said Chicago to Saint Louis, and I'm sitting there scratching my head. What the fuck are you talking about? Nigga? Hockey. Um, wow. I didn't even yeah, really still
4: just because hockey.
6: I live in just because I live in Alabama doesn't mean I won't watch hockey.
1: I didn't. Dude, I haven't watched hockey. hockey. I haven't watched hockey in forever, and I'm a Habs fan, like hardcore, and I haven't watched hockey in forever. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm a a friend of Chicago, my, though, uh, just to answer you.
6: A friend of mine, uh, likes Saint Louis and they sent me a jersey, so I guess I'm a Saint Louis blue fan.
4: No wonder you're well, gladiators.
6: <laughs>
4: well
3: that's
6: <was> <laughs> other than that I have nothing.
3: I ain't watched hockey since Gretzky.
6: Who's that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> Coming from you, it, it no, could be believable.
1: Be that would have been awful. Oh, my goodness.
3: Coming from Sharon Varner, that could have been believable
1: after today's conversation. Hey,
6: what? Okay, I got one more question. Why are there no black people in hockey?
1: Oh, my goodness. That's where we're going now.
6: <laughs> Did he really ask that question?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think I don't see
6: one. I don't in
1: hockey, I guess the same reason why they're uh, dying off in baseball. I guess
6: I, I, well, I don't know what
1: they're doing.
3: Like I said, look, 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 look at all the sports. Since he mentioned that, hockey don't have no black, black players, right? For the most part. I mean, there's a few here or there. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. You look at baseball. It's mostly NASCAR. Baseball is mostly Dominican for the most part, Hispanic type players. You look at basketball; it's mostly black. Uh so I mean, hell. I mean you can turn you can turn on a baseball game and not see one white player come up. you can watch a baseball game and see not one black player come on the screen, same with hockey. you see all white people. If you watch a basketball game, you can see not one white guy on either team. you know it's just that's the interesting part of sports and us as human beings and our race and our culture where we come from but uh yeah. I don't. I, I can't answer that question. And, didn't, and then you busted out with NASCAR. Huh? Did you really go there next?
6: I'm from Alabama. Of course, I watch NASCAR.
3: Well, well I'm, shit. I watch NASCAR too. But really, <laughs> <laughs> you're losing it, brother. Well, that's why we love Shan Warner. That's He gives that's us right. our comic
5: relief. That's right. <laughs> that's what I do. I'm here that's all week. That's what he do. <laughs> Ooh. Ow!
3: Um, we'll we'll, we'll go put a poll up somewhere and see why that is. Do what that, man. See if we can get you an answer.
6: I have no yeah, because Google don't know either.
3: Google don't know.
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
3: did you really? Did you really take that to Google?
5: No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my God.
5: <laughs> <That's>
3: save. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me if you did. Somebody's blooping over there with their computer. But uh
5: It's my yeah, answer.
3: I'm, I'm out of I'm out of topics for the day obviously, so we can uh wrap this one up unless somebody has something else they want to throw in. I'm not, I'm just hoping it's not about hockey. <laughs> That's
5: such a weird word too.
1: Hockey. That was so left field.
3: Hey. Leave it to Mr. Varner. That's right. That's where I come from. Let's feel Let's put it this way. If he's throwing out comments like Alex, I said, just imagine what his playbook going to look like.
1: Oh, good it's going to be, be balling
3: because I don't know anything about defense. It's, it's going to be balling <laughs> all right with tears. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Probably. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and he's going to be throwing for 400 yards, and I'm going to be, like, giving up 400 yards.
3: Oh, wow. That's confidence. Where'd it go? Damn it. A minute ago, you thought you were in conference championship games, and now you're saying you're going to get 400 yards. Man. Uh, do you have bipolar nah, syndrome or
6: something? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's a big word. I have no idea what that means. Oh, man.
3: All right. Well, like I said, nobody had any thoughts, comments, opinions. We'll wrap this one up. And like I said, we'll try and get another show scheduled in later. And I uh, I got you on you, your on your evenings, there, mighty We'll see what I can come up with. Cause I normally okay. work in the evening. That's what's horrible. And then there's times that I'm off, and then I got the wife and kids running around. And unfortunately no, just, for me,
1: I lock them out. And I unfortunately for me, I'm
3: currently in the Stone Age. I only have one telephone, not even a cell phone. I have a house phone, and it's corded. Uh, they make those. Yeah, they actually sell them for six dollars at Walmart.
6: Wow, nice!
3: <laughs> so that's what that's inside the SFL operating on. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, it sounds minutes. good, Doug. Uh, I'm out of here, guys. Uh, y'all have y'all's uh, rest of the holidays. Uh, I'll go back to work tomorrow. So
1: we appreciate. So you. So do I. Anything. So do I. So and Shannon, if I'm talking to you, good luck to you Monday night you know what I'm saying, finish wrapping up their playbook you do Friday and uh the chips fall where they may. That's sure. right. All, all right, Johnny. Right,
6: guys, good luck. Uh, see y'all when I see you. All right, Chan. All right,
1: later.
3: Yes, sir. All right, for all you guys who called in, all you guys in the chat room, appreciate it. We don't have a show without any of you. Um, we enjoy the the talk, even if it's about hockey or last year's controversial games or two seasons ago games or, or the trash talking or the disrespect or, or whatever we like to throw out here on Inside the SFL, that's what makes <laughs> it so entertaining. So, uh, Mighty, any last comments, and we'll wrap her up.
1: Nah, just 13 days, folks, 13 days to get the red zone on and popping. Can't wait. Get yourselves ready. Get the word out. We're trying to make this thing big. It starts at 7. It starts at 7. It's prime time. It's a prime time opening night. Don't forget nope. that.
3: You yeah, I love it. All right, Mighty, we will uh, get another one wrapped up here, and we'll get another one booked soon. So uh, for Mighty, Doug, until next time. Later.
4: Peace.